Hi, could I please get Square two out. tickets to Detective Pikachu, please? Square it out! Oh, Bryce, can I please get a large Coke and popcorn while you're there? Uh, sure. Uh, and uh, two large Cokes and a large popcorn, please. Squirtle, squirtle. Ew. Oh, did that squirtle really spit out Coke? Uh, thanks. Could we also please get some butter on the popcorn? Squirtle. Uh, what the fuck? Okay, forget the popcorn. We're going to watch the movie. See ya. Squirtle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast backed by 120 Power Star rating, and the doors to episode 96 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me as always is the delightful, lovely, that's it, Bryce DeWitt. How you going, mate? <laughs> the delightful, the lovely, that's it. Yep. Okay. That's all you are. You're delightful, you're lovely, but you don't have much more going on for you, mate. Oh, that's depressing. That is depressing. Oh, so sad. So but you know what isn't depressing, Bryce? This is our Detective Pikachu spoiler cast. Uh, so I think for the about the first 10 minutes or so, we're going to put our thoughts out there, spoiler free. But if you have not seen the movie, do not listen past that point. There will be timestamps in the show notes to let you know about that. Yep. And yeah. So, Bryce, we went and watched the movie today. Um, yes, we did. We'll jump straight into it. What did you think of the movie? Um, pretty good. Pretty overall. good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, there was a lot of sort of nostalgia sort of riddled through there and sort of a lot of moments where you're just like, God damn it, why why can't we have that in real life? <laughs> yeah. You know? Definitely emphasize like, oh, I want the Pokemon world to be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things sort of attributing to like... How uh, how cool it would be to have Pokemon in the real world, I guess. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, I think that just the movie in itself overall was probably 80 out of 100. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was, it was a it great was great. movie. It was great, yeah. yeah. Like, obviously, the problem with video game adaptions, and this has always been the problem with them, is that um, they'll never 100%... Um, everything that you want in a video game movie yeah as per se so it's sort of just like well yeah it it fits it fits the bill pretty much pretty accurately really yeah well pokemon definitely has a leg up because of its involvement in you know other media apart from just video games it's branched out oh yeah yeah it's been in other medias since you know for two decades yeah yeah um and when this movie first got announced too we'll just like Oh god, a Detective Pikachu movie! Like, on paper, how lame does that sound? Oh uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, but the way they uh, got it going and everything, I thought it was just fantastic. Well, yeah, the way the way the movie is is um, it it doesn't really pl- pan out like if you went and bought the Detective Pikachu game and played that, and then you wouldn't get the same sort of. It's a similar sto- thing. It's, it's, it. it's a similar like storyline, but the, just the vibe and the atmosphere is obviously so much different. Yeah, you know, just. Like the voices, obviously from Ron Reynolds to the, I don't even know who the voice actor is for the game for Pikachu, but it's just yeah. like so much different. Yeah. In in the game, he's more of like, oh, I'm a detective. Like he's more, like more of that type of personality. Yeah. And and I mean that's why da- they wanted Danny DeVito in that seat. But to be honest, I think Ryan Reynolds was way better. Yeah, I d- I do too. For it's, this, um, a lot more just like casual and fun. Yeah, yeah. Sort of persona. Like, mm. I mean, when when you think Danny DeVito, especially nowadays, I just think of the Trash Man. 
<laughs> I'm the trash man. <laughs> you know, I, I I just think um, all I can think of about is bloody um, Inspector Gadget after bloody <laughs> my bloody YouTube bloody <laughs> loophole I went through last night. Just going through all this stuff. I, I sent him a, I sent him a dead meme video. He watched it and then he decided to go on a loophole of old Inspector Gadget. Yeah, clips <laughs> before we went. It wasn't a clip; movie. it was the full movie. Well, we watched the full movie, <laughs> and he watched an episode of the cartoon as well. But regardless, <laughs> regardless we're not here to talk about Inspector Gadget. Mm. So, so um, this is just for this is a Metacritic score. Detective Pikachu was sitting on day one. Obviously, the media's already gone and seen it. Uh, so, um, on meta on uh, Metacritic, it's sitting at a, a fifty-six out of um. Uh, 36 reviews. So it's a pretty low score, especially compared to Rotten Tomatoes, which we'll talk about a bit later. But um, the high, the highest score on Metacritic a critic is 80 from IGN. And they say, uh, Smith's character gives the story an emotional weight and Reynolds delivers an enduring comedic performance that's closer uh, to his subversive Deadpool stick that you would expect. So yeah. that's that's the 80. And then like other, other um, places put it at the 60 even down to pretty much 40 the problem with the metacritic though as well is that um it's taking like an average of this uh, it takes an average of the score from all these different places and the real problem with pokemon i suppose is a lot of people impose nostalgia on it they don't really see the newer side of pokemon too much and that's like that's been a problem with pokemon for years like a lot of people look back at red blue and yellow and they're like oh those are the only pokemon you know sort of thing and obviously going through the movie there's a lot more involvement with pokemon of all different species from across all the games and all that stuff which was awesome which was awesome yeah, yeah. and like if you're if you're really into pokemon and you know all that stuff then it's really good mm. but um because <clears throat> there's no like the pokemon they haven't they haven't gotten any worse. Like, there's brilliant designs in all the new generations too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like yeah. pe- people, people are always very quick to point out rubbish in that. But, um, like the fifth generation, it was great designs. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, let's be real, guys. Trubbish versus Grimer. Trubbish is fine. I don't, don't <laughs> I don't hate Trubbish. It's really not. It's really not. Yeah. It's, it's like he's he's a garbage bag. Like we're talking about Pokemon guys. <laughs> yeah, he's a garbage bag, yeah. and he's a bigger garbage bag. Mm. You know, like that's 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 Pokemon. Yeah, that, that's just how it is. And there, there's a review from the rap. So uh, they say Detective Pikachu slogs, uh, and its joys are fleeting, like a battle with a wild Mewtwo that you just can't seem to catch. So yeah, I disagree wholeheartedly with that. I thought it was a great movie, but yeah, well, like we do come into this with a bias that we absolutely love. Pokemon as well, yeah. But I don't. I don't think that stops me from, you know, judging it fairly. Mm. Like if you could compare this movie to many video game movies of the past, as I said before, it's definitely not in the same rungs as them. Mm. Like you know, you're looking back at the old Super Mario Brothers movie, or you know, oh, yeah, good movie. <laughs> you, look at, you look at you look at uh, movies like the Mortal Kombat movie and. Tomb Raider and all that stuff that don't really fit the bill but like the Tomb Raider movies were always decently successful and stuff like that oh, really? because of the way they appealed to other people same with the Resident Evil movies and the Resident Evil movies exactly I remember I was I was talking to mum a uh, Resident Evil movie was on TV and mum was talking about Resident Evil I'm like oh they're based off video games and she had no idea yeah she exactly just, she, she just thought they were an action movie 
we'll like see. franchise. Yeah, that's yeah. where that's where the stigmatism sort of comes in as well. Is that if people see Pikachu in a movie, they're like, "Oh, it's a movie about Pokemon, which is a video game." Mm. But with Resident Evil, they don't. They go so far as to pretty much not attribute them so close to the games. Mm. So Resident Evil movies sort of become their own thing. Yeah, you know. Well, um, if, if they did a movie where it's just like slowly going through a mansion looking for ammo. You know, you slowly in the corner. You, you, yeah, you're slowly aiming at this zombie's head to conser- make sure you get, get a headshot to conserve your ammo. Yeah, be, be a bit, a bit of a <laughs> boring. It'd movie. be a slog, right? Yeah. yeah, and like this, this doesn't do the Resident Evil treatment. It tries to stick as closely to Pokemon as possible mm. while also sort of maintaining its own vision, but it doesn't do it inaccurately, yeah. which is really good. Like, for a director to be put on, and I mean, I'm always going to pe- compare uh, Uwe Boll, who is somebody who cashes in on uh, real-life adaptations of video games for movies pretty consistently, and they're almost always completely shattered in reviews. Yeah. Um, like, in comparison to that, I think the directors did a really good job, the writers did a really good job, and it portrays Pokemon very well. Um, and... Yeah, like there's not that much in the way of um, directing of uh, fight scenes or anything like that. No, there is a few of them, obviously, but most of it is about the mystery of what is happening. Mm. Which, you know? like, I I felt like uh, oh, I won't talk about it here, but like yep. I I was ex- excited like throughout the whole thing. I was hooked for yep. like what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? I was. No real uh, down points for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like a few of the sort of emotional scenes, uh, I, like it didn't make me really feel anything, except for like one, which we'll, we'll go into. Yeah. But um, yeah, for the for the most part, what what I really enjoyed about it was that it felt like Pokemon, but it's different. Obviously, being yeah. obviously yeah. being real life, and it wasn't it wasn't like Pokemon shoved down your face like. Oh, down your throat, not down your face. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like, oh, this is... This Pokemon is, exist here. Yeah, Pokemon exist here, and this is what they would look like if they were in our, our environment. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's good. Yeah. It, it portrays it really well from uh, beginning to end, in my opinion. And, yeah, I think all the actors did splendid jobs, and they did really well with interacting with things that aren't actually there. And, you know, it's great. Yeah. Um, one thing I always thought about since watching this Garfield movie. Yep. So in this in the special uh, the special uh, director scene or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, director's commentary. Sorry, they'll uh, like explaining how they got things to move, which Garfield interacted with. And when I was watching this as a little kid, um, like it just like blew my mind how say if Garfield's walking across the bed, what they have to do to make the bed move when like his paws hit the like Duna. Yeah. And ever since then, like, I'm always thinking about how, like, these movies get made when, like, actors have to be pretending they're holding something or pretending they're padding something or yeah. just talking to something that isn't there. It's really it's really interesting how it all comes together. Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, this movie does a really good job of all of that, mm. you know. Um, of, it's really hard to talk non-spoilery stuff with examples, but um, basically, it's it's the same sort of deal. They have to move, except they have to move, like cars around things or you know have to shift grass or you know stuff like that and i think that the movie does that pretty spectacularly Mm. and um all the pokemon designs are pretty well on point 
the most part. Some things are a bit weird, you know. Obviously, a lot of people have commented about Mr. Mime in the past yeah. with the initial trailer. See, like, e- even... <clears throat> nothing really stood out to me, because I guess we're already used to it. Like, we've, we've seen Lickitung and uh, Mr. Mime. They're probably... And Ludicolo. They're probably the ones that stand out to mo- the most for looking just weird. Oh, yeah, but, you know. But, like, Ludicolo looks weird in the best kind of way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like... Like, when you look at a sprite from, say, Ruby and Sapphire when he was introduced, he is just like a big, jolly maraca duck. Yeah, yeah. But in this, he's just a big, wet, disgusting... Goofy thing. Don't know what he is. <laughs> like, just like how, like, his hat, how it looks like a real plant. Yeah. And, like, his fur just looks disgusting and damp. Yeah. Like, what... If you were a Pokemon trainer, why would you make that thing your partner? <laughs> like, you'd probably get a Charizard, you'd probably want a Pikachu, because a Pikachu would be quite convenient. Like, it's, it can sit on your shoulder and that, but just this big, wet Ludicolo. Not- <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, well. Anyway. I guess uh, let's get into the spoilers. Yep. So, if you do not, if you have not seen this movie and you do not want it spoiled, stop listening now. Yep, because we're going to go through it. We are. We're going to go through it. We're going to go right through it. Yep, you ready for it? Are you ready? Yeah. Yep. Three, two, one. All right. All right, we're going through it. <laughs> All right, the movie opens up, right? And there's some Pokemon there. Yep. All right, so if, if, you've, heard that, if you've heard that spoiler, you've had that spoiled for you. Sorry about that. Yep. Um, so it opens up with, say... Pidgeot. Yeah, Pidgeot and Pidgey and all, all of that sort of fl- flying through the sky. Yep. You can see all of... Um, all the houses and that in the town that uh, our protagonist is from. Yep. And so it opens up with Tim Goodman. Yeah, I I had Justice Smith. Yeah, I I had goosebumps when this was coming on. Just like you know, it's the first. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Like because you can imagine like the first episode from the anime in Pallet Town. Yeah. When it's like a similar shot, as well <laughs> as just like starting any game. Yeah, for sure. Where yeah. that happens, yeah. Um. So it's opened up with um Justice Smith playing uh Tim Goodman. Uh, accompanied by his friend who you won't see much throughout the movie um, oh that's right yeah trying to find it, find his name here because I'm kind of useless mm. but it was here like two seconds ago yeah so you look for that and basic, basically it opens up with Karen our, Sony playing Jack there you go Jack okay opens up with them two trying to uh, they spot a wild Cubone and his friend tries to help him catch it because he has had a, a troubled past with Pokemon yeah he doesn't have much trust in that for him, so yep. he tries to catch a Pokemon and uh, he throws the Pokeball, it gets out and it attacks him and he makes him feel even worse about himself. Doesn't, yeah. yeah. It's doesn't a great, do it work out yeah, to him. Great opening for the movie, just like it's funny yeah. and it's cool to see like, you know, the Pokeball for the first time just yeah. in real life. Well, I mean, it, it, sets up, it sets up the scene as well pretty well in the dialogue because he kind of just said, it, Tim kind of just says, well... You're not doing this for me, are you? And Jack's like, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, he brought him to see this Cubone because this Cubone is also lonely, wants him to catch it, so he'll have somebody look look after him when Jack leaves town, which so, is so what he's it, going to yeah. do. Even little bits like that, like saying you know, the C- Cubone's lonely, and that's his Pokedex entry, like the lonely yep. Pokemon. Yeah. Just like little nods like that. It's like there's, yeah. there's constant little, like, little things like... Yeah. The little details. And the joke he sets up as well. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. oh, I don't know how you can wear the uh, skull of your uh, dead relative there, but uh, he, he says, like, it you, fits you well. He said, yeah, pull it off really well. You pull it off really well, yeah. And he's just like, oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, he's just like, oh, he didn't like that. 
Because there are a lot of things in Pokemon where it's like, you're wearing the skull of your mother. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit uh, bit rough. It's a bit rough, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, uh, Cubone escapes a Pokeball and obviously isn't very happy about it. <laughs> it just like throws his bone. It just like makes a little semi-explosion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sends him flying. Um, and it shifts It it shifts on. They obviously didn't catch the Cubone. Having a talk in town and uh, Tim receives a, phone, uh, receives a phone call. Can't hear who it is. And Jack asks him after he hangs up the phone, who was it? And it says that there's been an accident and Tim's going to Rhyme City to deal with this accident. And Rhyme City is basically like, when it shows it and when it explains it, which is like the first thing that happens in the next scene, um, it is a big thriving city that uh, is made, well, sort not really made by, but pseudo-made by... Um, Howard Clifford. Howard Clifford, yes. Yeah. Played by, um, God, his name. Uh, Bill... Bill, Bill not, Nye. Nye. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's like, yeah, there's that actor that has, like, the same name but spelled differently as Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> when he come up on the screen, like, Bryce and I basically had the same reaction. Like, hey, it's that guy from... That thing. <laughs> a lot of movies, which I can't name one. Yeah, Love but Actually. He, he's just, yeah. He's a singer guy from Love Actually, if you need to know. For context <laughs> reasons. Yeah, he's, he's that cocky singer guy. Um, But basically, it explains that Rhyme City does have a mayor. This character played by Bill Nye is not the mayor, but he's the leader of a huge company who whose vision is to have a utopia where humans and Pokemon are just living together. They're not partners per se. They work together. Yeah, there's no Pokeballs. There's no battles. Yeah, no there's... Pokeballs, no battles, no nothing like that. It's all considered like a partnership city rather than... Um, all equals, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's all equality, which yeah. is like, you know, where Pokemon sort of fit into the story is that all these Pokemon are always doing things. They've got jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. You see... You see in concurrent scenes where, like, a Marchamp is directing traffic around a Snorlax, for example. You know, they, they work in harmony and mm. sort of do everything together. And it's really cool to see, like, all these Pokemon and people sort of just walking around together. And yeah. this city's like a utopia for that. It was, it was a great pop, uh, plot point to also, like, have a reason for, like, oh, there's no battles here, there's no this here. Yeah. And just to have Pokemon out and about. Yeah, because exactly. otherwise we'll be questioning where the battles, where the gyms, where's all this stuff that makes up the Pokemon world and every other form of media we're used to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, the actual design of the of the place itself was a, just a great sit, uh, like a great setting. Mm, I agree too. Um, yeah. It looked very lively, very bustling. There's there's lots of Pokemon animated everywhere. Um, it shows that the budget wasn't wasted. <laughs> Like, it was used trying to detail out everything about this city and, like, what it represents. And that's great. Mm. You know, that's what you want. Um, <clears throat> but as Tim gets into the city, he goes to visit his father's precinct where you sort of learn that his father was a detective. Um, something, actually, something we didn't mention near the start of the movie. Near the start of the movie, um, there was a laboratory... I'd, I'd completely forgotten about oh, this for right. a second. Yeah, yeah, of course. The main main plot point in the movie here, <laughs> and we're forgetting it, but there's a laboratory um, where Mewtwo's being experiment on, uh, experimented on. Mewtwo breaks free, and he's chasing after a car. Um, it's then seen that Mewtwo blows the car off the road, and that was the fate of um, Tim's, Tim's father. father yeah. um, so... <clears throat> 
that's what the accident was pertaining to. So Tim goes to the precinct where his father was working and uh, him and Snubble have a bit of a stare off because the Snubble doesn't know what to think of him. And uh, his his uh, work colleague, uh, his father's work colleague works in, um, who, again... Rhyme City in the... Uh, at the Rhyme, at the Rhyme City police, po- police, police station. Yeah. Um, and that was played... Uh, that's uh, Lieutenant Hyde Yoshida, played by Ken Watanabe. Yeah. So um, he walks in and he's basically there to explain that, you know... Yeah. Your father's been in an accident and you need to sort of clear, sort out... Clear his shit out. <laughs> yeah. Sort so, of what's going on with his apartment. Do you reckon, he has his keys and everything. Do you reckon that, that look he made before he walked into the room was like... He looked like he was going to be like a... A bit of a shady figure, like more like a bad guy. Um, no, I think I think he was more, at least in my opinion, from what I what how I saw it, he was afraid to sort of approach him because mm. it, it's sort of it's obviously hard to tell somebody that their parents are dead, let alone somebody that's young and you know. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. As as we find out a little bit later, not that much later, um, Tim doesn't have a mother and hasn't had one since he was eleven. Hmm. So his father was the only living parent left, and he, he grew up with his grandma. Yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just that face he he made before he walked into the the room, like he he sort of looked like ah, oh, you know, I've got to deal with, deal with this type of thing. Yeah. And when when he come back later in the story, it's like oh no, my dad's still alive and all this type of thing, and he's like trying to dismiss it. He's, he he sort of looked like he was covering stuff up, mm-hmm. like he didn't want to find out he was alive for some reason. It yep. sort of made me think, like, mm, what's going on here? But obviously, we find out that no, that's a, that, that's that not it, the that case. isn't the case. But that that is a something I was thinking about. Yeah, while and, watching. and in in a in a sort of murder mystery almost movie, you kind of have to suspect these characters mm. are sort of you know they Maybe, might they yeah. might have something hidden about them. But yeah, he he turns out to be pretty genuine, and he basically just explains that his father loved him very much and always did and he always thought about him even while he was doing his work and that um his apartment might be a bit a bit messy Hmm. so um he uh takes the keys goes to the apartment and uh starts checking it out yeah and he uh he he finds uh misty (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah, not Misty. Um, so on, on the way on the way to his apartment, he spots the Psyduck, and the Psyduck's sort of like ah, and you know runs off or whatever. Mm. And uh, he goes to check check in at uh, his dad's apartment building, and the clerk at the desk is asleep, and there is a Trico asleep mm. on the uh, front window of the place, and um, the Trico tries to wake him up. Once he wakes up himself, yeah, yeah, doesn't happen. So he just takes the keys and goes to unlock the mailbox, and that's where you meet. Um, the next major important character of the movie. Yeah, so that's that's where you meet uh, Lucy Stevens. Yes, played by uh, Catherine Newton. Yeah, and uh, she 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 comes off at the very start as like very, um, I guess boisterous. Uh, yeah, boisterous, aggressive. Like you know, she comes out with her phone recording straight away, saying, "Do you know this information about yeah. the story of your father or what happened at this?" Uh... Young reporter for CNN, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she comes off like that. And she's hassling him, and he sort of tries to dismiss her and just go off to where he's going. Yeah, off to to the apartment, and he he goes in there and sort of has a bit of a look around, and he finds a, a bit of a vial, which we learn that is a, the R serum. Well, first he does check around his room. 
as well. And you learn sort of just by checking around his old childhood room that was in his father's apartment that Tim had once aspired to be a trainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's like lots of posters and stuff of championship um, sort of promotional material and all that stuff. Yeah, he was the, really interested in being a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, from the Sinnoh Pokemon League. Yes, from the Sinnoh Pokemon League and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, they, and, had, uh, they had an Articuno versus uh, Steelix. Yeah, Fight Night poster. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. But yeah, uh, he finds that vial. Yeah. So he finds the vial, he uh, opens it, starts spraying out of its smog everywhere and he goes... Ugh. And puts it out the window. Yep. That's when a, bump of, a bunch of APOM sniff it up. And he just you know, dismisses it, chucks it in the bin. Yep. And uh, he snooped it around a bit more and he uh, hears a noise. Lo and behold, it's our protagonist, Mr. Detective Pikachu himself. Yep. In, in the flesh or the CG. In the fur. <laughs> in the fur. He's got no flesh. It's just all fur. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they sort of have a back and forth about whether they can understand each other or not. And... Detective Pikachu is very much like, yes, you can, you can understand me. And he, yeah. uh, Tim's trying to dismiss it, saying no, no, no. And you've seen this in the trailer. Like, yeah, that that that's the exact scene you're thinking of if you've seen the trailers. Well, yeah. well, if they're listening to this, they would have seen the movie too, unless they well, unless they wanted to spoil the movie. Yeah, you never know. There's some people out there yeah. that don't really care for spoilers, and it won't tarnish their sort of view of the movie. So, mm. but yeah, it's the same scene set yeah. up from the trailer. Then the apom come through, and yep. they're aggressive. Yeah, they're very aggressive. They they very aggressive. Savage is a light way to put it. These apom, yeah, Just yeah. The way they're showing their teeth and everything. Yep. Yeah. The sort the sort of premises is that this gas that he's accidentally released has sent them off because they didn't actually look that aggressive when the smog had been going past them. But once they had gotten a decent whiff of it, mm. well, they're just they're just, were ch- they were just chilling. They're happy little monkeys before beforehand. Yep. Yeah. And, That's exactly uh, right. So one comes in and starts, uh, you know, trying to pretty much kill kill them both. Yeah. And yeah. they have a bit of a struggle with it, and uh, Detective Pikachu sort of doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Tries to put put he, out. Put he doesn't out. know how to fight him. No, you know? he doesn't know. What, he doesn't know what's going on. No. Then a bunch more Apom come in, and that's when the uh, the, the, the chase is on. <laughs> yeah, the, the chase is on. And this was this was a funny scene, sort of like I guess the first bonding between the two, Tim yeah. and Pikachu. Uh, seeing him run through the apartment building, through like all the uh, the uh, the hot water system and all, all that type of thing, and yeah, trying and, to escape these rabbit apom. Yeah, and sort of towards the end of the scene, you see like the electricity sort of power up their tails, and they become even stronger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're like they're like doing the smashes and like, actually like breaking the brick walls and everything with their tails and yeah, all that, and, and trying to get away. And they eventually es- escape down the. Uh, the garbage hatch. Yep, not without taking the belt first and the upper shirt of Tim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's he's got no pants now. Mm. <laughs> and that was funny too when they he runs into the crowd saying, "Oh, you know, ravenous apom or whatever he says." And yeah, and uh, then it's just like two apom just like chilling out and in his pants, just being stupid. So yeah, everyone pretty much just looks at him and goes, "What are you on about? What?" Yeah, <laughs> they're just normal apom. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Pikachu shrugs it off pretty lightly, mm. you know. And then uh, you've got the sort of market scene that sets up um, something else from the trailer, which was uh, when Tim asks somebody if they can hear Pikachu. Yeah. And they can't, obviously, that, mm. you know. Um, and, yeah, even though I saw this, like, a fair few times in the trailers that came out, still loved it just as much in the movie. 
It's yeah. just it's just a classic scene. Like, can you hear him? He's like, yes, I can. A This is so good how it's uh, how it's done. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and at this point, seeing that it's the only way that he can try and find out who he is, Pikachu suggests that they team up and trying to try to figure out that there's well he suggests it's destiny and he wants someone to help him try and figure out why this is happening and after mentioning that um he was just here to wrap up his stuff with his dad now that he's gone uh pikachu turns around and says wait you're his son he sort of said yes takes off the cap and realizes that it's named towards his apartment Meaning mm. that this Pikachu must have been his Pokemon partner, his father's Pokemon partner. Mm. Um, so they go and get a coffee. Uh, naturally. They go and get a coffee to try and figure this out. And, you know, he's looking crazy. Tim's looking crazy trying to talk to this Pikachu at the bar that's just saying Pika Pika back to him. <laughs> you know? Uh, and I love the looks the barman's giving him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we find, out, we, find out, um, we find out that this Pikachu is a very serious coffee addict. Oh. He loves his caffeine. Yeah. Thinks it's... Thinks it's fantastic. Tim he's, points it out a couple of times. He's a detective. He needs nothing more than coffee. That's all he needs to fuel himself. Yeah, and it, like at this point as well, this there was there was a scene from this coffee bar that also sort of it was in another trailer. So a lot of the trailers that were brought out for this movie were very much close to the start of the movie, which I suppose is what you expect. There wasn't a lot of stuff in the trailers that was from later on in the movie. Yeah, apart from U two, which they did at the end of the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think that was pretty much... Sort uh, of set up it. something. Oh, the Greninja as well. Yes. In the trailers, yeah. Yeah, the Greninja, yeah. Um, and after cracking a few jokes, you know, uh, Pikachu asks for another coffee and the Ludicolo goes... <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. It was just this dopey-ass Ludicolo gets him another coffee and um, Pikachu eventually convinces Tim that we need to work together to find out whether your dad's alive or not because I have a gut... He says, I have a feeling in my jellies my chilies that your dad is alive and that you know I'm here for a reason I didn't I didn't just wake up and not remember anything for absolutely no reason so there we go the next day they intend to move on but not first after going back to Tim's dad's apartment and having a good old snooze mm. so yes yeah so what happens next I'm uh What's next I can't remember now that's where you're lost yeah I'm lost now what happens after that so after finding after finding out about that vial, uh, Tim suggests that it might be a piece of evidence. After Pikachu's been up all night drinking coffee, trying to figure out a lead, um, he suggests that they go and see his um, his father's co-worker, who we met earlier on, and Pikachu says we can't really trust anyone just yet. Because we don't know who's involved with this situation or not. Mm. Like, there's a reason I've lost my memory, obviously. They don't want me to remember something. Whoever it may be. And that vial is weird. And I feel like if we just hand that over to the police, then we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And then they say they can't trust anyone. Yes. Yeah. Don't have the trust yet, so they can't go to the police. Yeah. So they start looking for a, for a lead. And the first person they can think to approach is Lucy. Because she seems to let on that she knows more than what they do. Um, and they do. They go see Lucy and you sort of see uh, Goodman and his son at this point having yeah, a bit of a, having a bit of a tussle. 
Yeah, this is where they they're doing that basically ad for TV, and you're seeing them record it. Yep, at their uh, I guess their this record, studio, their studio. Yeah, yep. and once they once they stop recording, you can see that their the relationship isn't so good. Yeah, yeah. That the son comes across as like a a bit of a a bit of a prick, really. Yeah, he does absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he di- and- he dismisses uh, Lucy very quickly when she tries to approach him about something. Yeah, it says like you know turns around and says also you know get better fashion or you yeah, get a better fashion sense which yeah. is a bit harsh which is a bit harsh <laughs> she had a very lovely jacket on she had a very lovely jacket on yeah, yeah. I thought she, thought she was looking pretty good with that jacket Ooh, looked yeah. nice well so did Tim yeah and Tim looked good too oh Tim oh I'm, I'm, I meant Tim yeah I Tim know I know <laughs> that was the joke okay Tim for that, that's when uh, sort of he noticed her a bit more in a bit of more of a sexual way a bit more of a love interest Mm-hmm. So when it sort of introduced the idea of that Tim wanted to uh, breed. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Sure. Sure. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Uh, they go back to Lucy's office and um, they're trying to figure out this file. Yeah, because she's, she's got a heap already. She's got a heap already. She's found them. She's already done her investigation. Uh, yeah. Journalism. Yeah, exactly. She's found them around all sorts of different places in the city. And um, she knows that they're connected to something. And they're labeling these vials as an R serum, which, because there is a letter R written on the cap of the bottle. Mm, from Team Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I wonder if that is like sort of like a small little Easter egg. But maybe like, but like yeah. the bad thing is Team Rocket maybe I mean maybe um so she gives them a clue in saying that down by the docks is where a lot of shady business goes on mm. um and that it's too dangerous for somebody to come along and investigate themselves so she drops a hint that she wants somebody to go with her yeah he doesn't get the hint and he just goes by himself <laughs> I love that I love that line too it's like yeah um I'm pretty good alone uh, being alone at night. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty good at being alone myself too. <laughs> just like yeah, there's a, there's a lot of small adult jo- uh, adult jokes in this movie. Yeah, and, and Pikachu's like no 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 <laughs> lady killer here. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, if you're trying to impress a woman, so yeah, I'm pretty used to being alone. Yeah, at night. S- yeah. Something I never really uh, oh, yeah. something I never really got out was that um, I actually don't think he ever told her within the sequence of the entire movie that he could talk to Pikachu no he didn't no he didn't yeah which is which is very strange that's probably like a massive flaw there because I feel like that's something that they should have had sort of in plain view and she never really even noticed she never questioned it yeah Yeah, she just so maybe it's something that they had in post-processing that they forgot to put in yeah well I don't think she really gave a crap whether she could talk to him or not Sort of just like she was set in her ways of um, trying to get the information she wanted and get the case solved. Yeah. And uh, sort of uh, getting the position in her career she wanted. Yeah. And uh, apart from that, she didn't really have that many more interests, really. No, yeah, yeah. not at all. Yeah. yeah. And that was something I, haven't, I hadn't thought about because, yeah. Yeah, it kind of went by too quickly. But they did, they did make it through the movie that, like, sometimes he was talking to Pikachu and... He, she was like, "What did you say?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing." And I, yeah. Oh, nothing, nothing. I was just talking to my little rat. Here. I was talking to my rat. <laughs> yes, exactly. My rat. My big fairy rat. <laughs> so they go down to the docks, and uh, what do they find? Big bag of meth. 
Oh, what That's did- Detective Pikachu, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what do they find, Bryce? All right, they find uh, Mr. Mime at the docks. Yes, and uh, they've they've come to the conclusion that Tim's dad's informant was not a person; it was a Pokemon. Uh, and this Pokemon was Mr. Mime. Of course. So, Mr. Mime trying to run because he's obviously probably got himself into some shit here. Doesn't do a very good job of it because he's a mime. <laughs> so, he just mimes all the getaway actions. Uh, this scene... The the entirety of the mime scenes were in the trailer. Hmm. In in the trailers. So, you sort of already know how they play out if you've watched them. Yeah. Um, they, they only left out like a little bit. Really. Yes, only a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, which was a bit more of the dark side of it. Yeah, which, which was great. Were they were they like mind tipping gasoline on <laughs> Mister Mime and then yeah. lighting a match? Yeah, I do like how like uh, Tim's Tim says, "Oh, we've got to sort of get in his head a bit more." So he starts miming. Yeah. He opens. He has the- a really good way of thinking during that scene too. Yeah, you know, so sort of like open his door and like step through it. And the way Mister Mime just looks at him, going like, "Oh, oh, oh crap!" Like his <laughs> eyes wide open, just like astonished. Crappy and- nose. <laughs> yeah, and he like pulls out the chair, sits down. It starts like tipping something on him, and uh, Pikachu's just there saying, "Oh, is, is it water? Is it this? Is it that?" And it's like <laughs> gasoline. Oh, it's oh, this is getting dark quick. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after that exchange, Tim actually accidentally drops the invisible match, and cuts away before Mister Mime <laughs> yeah. is set on invisible fire. <laughs> Yeah. So it was it was a bit of a jokey scene. Um, I do yeah, I do like that cut. Like it's just like yeah. Oh, and look on Mister Mom's face. You just see this. Yeah, it just cuts. Yeah. Mister <laughs> <laughs> um, Mime was one of the more expressive Pokemon in the film, and I it, mean he, he has to be. He's a mime. <laughs> I guess I guess so. But you know what I mean. He's he's just it was it was very comedic relief scene. But Mister Mime yeah. did inform them of the information that. Um, the R was being distributed at the round room. And at this point, we don't know what the round room is and neither no. do they, but they know where it is. They find out where it is. So they go to the round room. And it turns out the round room is an illegal Pokemon battling ring because, again, battles aren't allowed in Rhyme City. Mm. And th- this is one of my favourite scenes of the movie. This is a really good scene um, because everybody's going into the nightclub. They join everyone. They've got two DJs at the decks and they've got Loudred as speakers. Yeah, apparently the DJ's played by Diplo. I don't know who that is. Diplo. I've heard his name before. Yeah, I'll click on his page while you talk. I'll... Okay, cool. Because like, I, I, I didn't recognise him as an actor. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he is an actor. I think he's an actual DJ. Yeah, oh, okay. Thomas Wesley Pants Jr. So, blah, blah, blah. Known professionally as Diplo is an American DJ and record producer based in Los Angeles, California. Well, there you go. He is co-creator and lead member of Electronic Dancehall Music Project Major Laser. Oh, there you go. Major Laser. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. A member with the supergroup uh, LSD with... Uh, Sia and uh, Labyrinth also working with producer DJ uh, Skrillex. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you so go. that's who Diplo is, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. He's Major Laser. Mm. And, like, I really love this scene, how it has the Loudred. Yeah, the Loudred do... It's like a really wicked, really wicked sort of scene because it really emphasises the characteristics of a Loudred. Mm. You because, know? like, Loudred is, like, the soundproof Pokemon who who is basically, like, a a big speaker who yeah. like uses their mouth and ears to project like sonic waves yeah exactly yeah yeah. yeah. so somehow obviously they get the louder to work out with their music system and 
they used the ladder to speakers and the ladder just sort of jumping around everywhere yeah and um you know being a part of the whole show while uh, these pokemon battles are going on and you see like a little uh, little battle scene between a blastoise and a gengar here um gengar's cr- as creepy as you'd expect Mm, they do a great job of Gengar. Like, they have, do. Yeah. Having him like turn to smog as he's moving and reappearing. Yep, and then double team and everything working out. And Blastoise does some pretty cool mm. moves using his cannon and a spinning shell with rapid yeah. spin sort of thing. Like Pokemon Pokemon battles are always something I really enjoy watching, even in, yep. the, even in the anime. They do it really well. Yeah. Um, and uh, even in CGI, this looked pretty damn good. It looked great. Like... I would love to see like another movie sort of have a bit more emphasis on Pokemon battling um, yeah, in the future. Sure. Yeah, Because like... After seeing this scene, I I did want more action. Yep. Like there's a there's a lot of there are a lot of points where it's like Pikachu and Tim having heart to heart moments. You know, there's funny stuff. There's you know a bit more sadder stuff. But like, there's basically two uh, bits in the movie, which is like this scene and the end, where, where the action's a bit higher. Yep. I definitely would have loved to maybe. I don't know if it, I don't maybe I probably don't need to see it in this movie, but I definitely would like to see uh, sort of another movie take this on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, the the round room was a really cool mm. sort of illegal illegal battle setting where yeah. the trainers could just sort of go all out with inside Ring City. And it's, it's kind of like pomp, uh, pomp. It's kind of like uh, punk pop or punk rock back in the uh, back in the day, like yeah, un- underground sort of. You go and play in there, and that's where you're doing like your your head banging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Obviously, they're looking for clues in this place. And meanwhile, there's a shady figure in the background, a shady woman texting on her phone. The kid's here with the Pikachu. You know, not going to get much context on that just yet. Yeah, we know we know someone's looking for them. Yep. We don't know who it is. They somebody wants... Is. Yeah. Somebody yeah. wants them. They want them bad. Yeah. Um, bad enough to send a spy to follow them. Um, now, they're looking for evidence as they're going around the ring room and one of the DJs stops them. And says, "What's up? <laughs> What's up?" Is one word for it. And he sort of goes, "Hey, that Pikachu really stuffed up my Charizard, mm-hmm. and this Charizard's looking menacingly at this pi- at at, pic- at Detective Pikachu." And when Tim asks him what he's doing, he's saying, "Staring contest. First one to back down loses." So he's having a staring contest with this Charizard uh, in the background while they're talking. And Tim sort of said, "Well, look, I'm not this Pikachu's trainer." We're here looking for information on his previous trainer who's gone missing. Or partner, I should say. Mm. Um, and the DJ is like, well, I'm not giving you information unless I get my rematch. So he gets the rematch. So he gets the rematch. In exchange for information if he loses. And uh, yeah, this this sets up this is, this sets up the scene where it's Pikachu versus Charizard. And uh, Pikachu goes in, he's doing... I, I love this bit. He's just like doing his arm stretches, he's getting ready. He's yep. like, I'm going to kick your ass. And Tim's like, you know, you've done it before, you can do it again. And they're all confident. Until but, until the... Uh, the DJ. The DJ gets out the vial of a vial of Oh, yeah. A vial of art after revealing a giant coat full of it. Yeah, so he's got plenty of it. And he gives it to his Charizard, he sniffs it up, and he just becomes savage. A gets, raging machine. Yeah, gets that look in his eye. And P- Pikachu's... Suddenly changes his uh, thought pattern. He's like, starts shooting himself. So like, yep. get me out of here. <laughs> what we've seen in the trailer. And uh, the the battle the battle is quite funny. How it's just like basically Pikachu running away yep. um, from him and trying to uh, <laughs> just get out of there. Yep. Then Tim goes in there and just kicks Charizard's tail to sort of try and distract him. And yep. then it's a little bit. It's uh, Tim and Pikachu versus this Charizard. 
And then the uh, the DJ goes in there as well. To try and stop him. Tries yeah. to stop him. And he gets uh, tipped over and he crushes all the R in his jacket. Yep. And uh, that exposes all the rest of the Pokemon in that ring to uh, this uh, virus or condition or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, the serum. The I serum. Guess. Yeah. The reaction to the chemical, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so all the Pokemon, you know, turn savage and turn on all the humans and... And go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Turns into a big, uh, massive brawl out while Loudred is running around trying to yeah. yell at people while also yeah. blasting dubstep music. That that was great too. Like, <laughs> as soon as they inhale it, but the music just changes from like, you know, party music to like rave, just like it's on music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Pikachu gets out a bit of a hustle and uh, Charizard gets himself stuck in sort of like one of the bearings in the roof. <laughs> Sort of almost like chandelier, like wrapped around his neck, um, and Pikachu suggests they get out of there real quick for obvious reasons because there's a Charizard ready to just, just rip, rip their guts, burn them to a crisp. Yeah, you know, uh, and then a Magikarp flops out on the floor from <laughs> the fish tank that was behind the DJ bar, and um, Pikachu goes, "I already know." He's like, "I know what I have to do," and Tim goes, "What are you doing with that Magikarp?" He goes, I've seen this before. They get they evolve when they're under stress. So he very <laughs> lightly throws this Magikarp, not very far. So just as, as much as he can, because he's, he's a little little rat. He's a little rat, and there's a very heavy Magikarp. He looks like the Magikarp look heavy, like just a big, oh, they do, yeah. slippery, disgusting-looking carp. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you forget about that. Like, you know, Magikarp in the game is like, oh, he's useless, but... In real life, like an actual carp is just like the most disgusting, <laughs> u- useless fish. Like you can't eat it, you can't yeah. do anything with it. Like, yeah. But uh, yeah, obviously it doesn't work out for him. He says, uh, He's like, "Well, oh, that <laughs> went a lot differently than I expected." Yeah. Uh, and Charizard rears up and gets ready to burn into a crisp again until uh, Magikarp ends up evolving into a Gyarados. And as that happens, <laughs> as that happens, the R dissipates and Charizard's eyes go back to normal. And all of a sudden, he's scared for obvious reasons because Charizard is actually very accurately sized. Yeah, yeah, he is very accurately sized. Because Charizard's like the same size as, say, you. Yeah, for example. Yeah, he's the same size as like a a, a full grown adult. So he's like six foot something, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But Gyarados is a ginormous sort of uh, water spitting dragon, mm. um, and he's much bigger than what Charizard is. And this is like where the scale of Pokemon really comes into it. They did pay some serious attention to detail on how big Pokemon are. Yeah, because even the Pokemon anime doesn't pay that much attention to scale. It absolutely does not. No. No. So, like, for them, they would have had to have gone back and read Pokedex entries and stuff like that just to get the heights. Yeah. Which is... It it was really important for this movie to pull that off, too, because this is, like, trying to make Pokemon bring it into the real world. Yeah, make them realistic. And obviously, if they want them to be realistic the real sizes and scale needs to be there as well. Yeah. It doesn't happen with all the Pokemon, mind you. And there are some cases where, like, the Snorlax, for example, was not actually that big. Mm. Um, And, I mean, you could sort of have a variable there that, like, obviously Pokemon can have a minimum size and a maximum size sort of thing. Yeah, they're very like actual animals. Yeah, exactly. They're very very quite uh, differently. But for them to have, like, a, a very... Pretty, pretty accurate approximate size which Charizard and Gyarados scene sort of sets up is really good mm. um, 
it shows that a Charizard should be deathly scared of something that's like five times bigger than him with a type advantage. Yeah, especially with that type advantage. Yeah, and that ex- exposed flame. And he just floods <laughs> out the he just floods out the whole round room, taking the Charizard and Tim and yeah. Pikachu down a slide. <laughs> I, I love how Pikachu's like, oh, I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> it just and Tim and Pikachu are arrested by the police. Just washes them straight up to the police, and you just see the scene of the police just. Like leaning over him, saying, "You're going to jail. You're going to jail." And it just cuts the black. And it's yep. onto the next scene. So um, it just turns out that um, it didn't really matter anyway, uh, because the first person to pull him out of jail was Lieutenant Yoshida. Mm-hmm. And at this point, he asked him, obviously, why the hell was he in an illegal Pokemon battling ring? Yeah, so um, I thought you, you know, I thought you went into Pokemon and all this type of thing. Yeah, I thought you went into Pokemon. I thought you were just here to clean up your dad's business. Yeah. So, um, and he basically said, look, there's something going on. Dad's not dead. There's no way he's dead. I can feel it in my bones, which Pikachu then says doesn't sound quite right. (laughs) After saying jellies (laughs) all the time. Um, And basically says, oh yeah, and I can talk to this Pikachu, which is his partner Pokemon. They know it. They know that that's his Pikachu. Yeah, and then it turns into the typical thing of like, you know, you're stressed, you're, you know, yeah. you've got things on your plate, you're hallucinating, this isn't really what's going on. Yeah. Uh, then he went on the show in footage of the car crash, what actually happened, explaining that no one could have lived an event like that. Yeah, and the footage that they had was very similar to what we saw in the opening scene mm. with the car crash. Black and white security footage, basically, of like the car being just like... Flicked off of the road, off the bridge, onto yep. its roof, yeah. Yeah, and the police have said, look, he's dead. There's no way he's alive. And they've sort of come to accept that in the next scene, which is obviously immediately after um, they're sitting outside the police station. They're sort of coming to the acceptance of it, but Tim says, well, look, we're not giving up yet. We still need to find out what happened, you know, in your own mind. Mm, yeah. Um, because as much as it's 95% possible he's dead now there is also that 5% chance that if you get your memory back he's he's probably not dead mm. um and then they are invited by this mysterious lady that saw them at the round room uh to get in the car <laughs> I love that bit it's like oh this isn't a bad guy's car <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah this isn't a bad guy's car at all it's like it's a big like, black jeep yeah it's just like the stereotypical like oh this is the bad guy rocking up in the movie like yeah point point of the timeline yeah yeah that's it <laughs> uh and they are invited to uh Head- Howard Clifford yeah. oh, which so- I've already got his name wrong once in this yeah. entire and, and sorry that, that previous scene is really touching because like Pikachu's saying that you know if your father was here he'll be so proud of you yeah exactly that. yeah that's one of the touching moments where uh yeah, I think I'm sure he'd give you a well. big old hug until your bones pop. Yeah. yeah, and just the way he says it, like look on the way Pikachu's face is animated, yeah. and he says like "pop" with like a, a bit of a P yeah. at at the end. Like he's it, very sympathetic. Yeah, it's it's just it's really well done. Like Ryan Ryan, Ryan Reynolds does a great job at the voice acting in this. Like yeah, it, it's it's one of those moments as well where it just really sets them up as partners for the rest of the movie because yeah. before Tim was very hesitant to even think about it. Mm. Even think about the possibility that his father's alive. He just wants to grieve and get over it. Yeah, and his his heart was not open to Pokemon at all. He shut it off since uh, the events what happened back when he was a child and everything. And yeah, uh, being with this Pikachu has sort of opened him up to being more open to Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they are invited to Howard Clifford's office. 
which I called him Goodman earlier. It's Clifford. Sorry, I stuffed that up. That's all right, mate. Um, they're invited to Howard Clifford's office where Howard Clifford explains to them that um, my son-, son is going against my everything I've worked for and he's causing trouble with the company. And that's what they assume is to do with the Mewtwo thing. Mm. Uh, and he shows them a hollow projection of the actual scene of what happened. and it, at, at the car accident. At the car yeah. accident. And it turns out that Pikachu's memory, memory was erased by Mewtwo. And Tim's dad was taken. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have any more footage past that. And Tim wants to know what happened. And all um, Clifford could say, Howard Clifford could say, was you need to find Mewtwo if you want to find your dad. Yeah. So they go on a bit of an exploration after employing the help of Lucy Stevens again mm-hmm. um, to go and find Mewtwo uh, at the research laboratory, which they now have the location of thanks to Howard Clifford. Um, they have a bit of a car ride. Yeah. Uh, Pikachu Pikachu is hesitant to give Psyduck a foot massage, but <laughs> Psyduck co- coaxes him into it to, oh, yeah. to keep his stress level down so he doesn't explode. I, I, I love how like this is an obvious nod to the anime, yeah. whereas Missy Psyduck, you know, to strengthen, explode. Yeah, to strengthen its psychic powers, it needs to get a headache. Yeah. And uh, I, I just love how it's like, like he got that soothing music playing in the car. Yeah, it's like spa music. Pikachu <laughs> yeah, is just like, so we need to play this relaxing music so your head doesn't explode and we d- don't die. Yeah, <laughs> or something along the lines of that. Yeah, no, it was a great scene and like Psyduck just like sort of like twitching its big disgusting duck foot, just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, demanding a foot massage. And like Psyduck in this movie, like. Like it's another Pokemon that's uh, just realized really well. Yeah, like yeah, for sure. it is just like a big, weird-looking duck. Like it really is. Yeah, like it's just like huge eyes, and it's just like a real vacant look. And you can tell when it's like whether it's just vacant or stressing, or like it's got super expressive eyes. Mm. It really tells you what's going on yeah. in its head. And <laughs> <laughs> um, they made their way to the laboratory, and they break in, obviously, but they're caught by security cameras. Um, nobody's at the laboratory because ever since Mewtwo had busted out of the place they evacuated it and haven't come back mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so breaking into the laboratory they find some really shady shit going on pretty much immediately um, there's Greninja's locked up in cages uh, or tubes of some kind and um, there's a Torterra garden where there's a couple of Torterra staying. Yeah. I'm happy to see those Pokemon too, because they're like a, obviously, late gens yeah. starter Pokemon. I thought it was really cool to I, see them there. That's what I mean, is like, the diversity of the Pokemon cast, obviously there's like a lot of very obviously picked Pokemon that are just like, oh, look, there's this Jigglypuff, and there's this yeah. Pikachu, and then there's yeah. this... Because it would have been easy to be like, oh, we've got Sandslash and, you know, uh, Staryu you yeah. know, in there. Yeah, exactly. Like it, Star, all these Pokemon. They could have said, "Oh, yeah, Star Starmie can use Swift on the protagonists, and you know, Sandshrew is a, a ground Pokemon that can you know make that earthquake scene, yeah, stuff like that." But they really went for the diverse range of Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. Which, and I, I do, I do like it how like uh, stuff like this breaks down, I guess, the barriers between generations. Yeah, because like uh, as humans, we like to put everything in categories, and I, like we're no different, you know. Yeah. We think of each generation so we can put we can sort of put it in our heads what each one is but I do like it in this house just like it's a Pokemon yeah exactly it's an, it's an animal that exists in this world doesn't matter if it's from Kanto Johto Hoenn Sinu 
Kalos, yeah. whatever it is, it's just it's all here because this is a a city essentially made for bringing Pokemon together and absolutely, humans. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, in the meantime, Lucy's picking at uh, picking at some information, and Tim and Pikachu move on to uh, the room where Mewtwo had broken out of. Yeah, and uh, Tim's inspecting the computer to find out whether anything could be of information to them about Mewtwo they open a data log file um, where it brings up holograms similar to what was at uh, Howard Clifford's office and just just for context these holograms are like full 360 room holograms mm. and they really show off like proper proper like almost as if they were memories being projected out of the mind yeah you know yeah. you can like free, freely move around them and yeah. inspect them yeah exactly and it, it really important to point out at this point because they didn't really show it in the opening scene is that um the scientist um that is working on Mewtwo is actually played by Rita Ora who also mm-hmm. does the main uh theme for this movie as well oh yeah yep so she's in there working on Mewtwo and they're finding out the secret of how R is created so they have Mewtwo caged up and they make note, and this is something that's really great for continuity, um, that uh, Mewtwo was um, created in Kanto somewhat odd 20 years ago. Yeah. So, like, we talked about this before, how that's great for not having to reshift the story and fit into the story. Yes, exactly. It's, it sort of looked like it from, from like the start of the movie till now that... Uh, Mewtwo was created there. Mewtwo was created on, like, in this island, uh, like, in that laboratory, whereas the reality is that he was captured and brought back there to be experimented on and used yeah. for the, the, what they're planning. And it fits mm. any continuity as well, because it can either fit the anime continuity or the video game continuity. Yeah. Um, it can fit either one perfectly fine, just by the way they've explained it. They basically just said, in Kanto 20 years ago, mm. Mewtwo was created. So... If you know how Mewtwo was created, they were created by Team Rocket using Mew's genetic cells in the anime. Um, and in the game, they were created at Cinnabar Mansion. Uh, he was created at Cinnabar Mansion by trying to replicate Mew, which yeah. also created Dittos. Yeah. Um, so there is some really good continuity there that really tries to drive it into the series. And I think that's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Because yeah. if there's anything that pisses anybody off more than anything, it's when they try to divert something like like what happened with the Mario Brothers movie where they're like, oh, we're plumbers from Brooklyn. So like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> you know, you're not. You, the Mario Brothers are not plumbers from Brooklyn. That makes no sense. Like, and Bowser isn't a human from Brooklyn either. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. They really try to fit the continuity of this movie into the actual franchise and that's brilliant. Mm. I like how they... You know, they cleared it up and made it so it's not like we have to be unique and we, it's, it's like a reboot, guys. Yeah. Because if anything, that pisses people off. Look at what the Sonic movie has turned out to so far. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. they're trying. They're <laughs> trying to change things that really shouldn't be changed for the sake of yeah. the people that are actually going to watch the movie are most likely fans mm. that already have that canon imprinted in, imprinted in their head. Yeah. Especially for Pokemon, since it's had lore built up for the video games and anime that has. It's been built up for 20 years at this point. It's always been shaky between the video games and the... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...and the media. But when you put it in this context, it doesn't matter if you're an anime fan or a game fan. 
Mm. It fits the context of either continuity, yeah, which is fantastic. Especially since, like, uh, probably the origin of Mewtwo is one of the biggest stories in the series. Yes. Especially one of the more well-known ones. Obviously, the first movie really dives into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's actually coming out this year too so yes it is it, it doesn't <laughs> ruin I guess the story for that next movie coming out yeah yeah, yes for sure so yeah I really really like that yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they fit that in there and they say well they're exper- experimenting with Mewtwo's DNA and this is how they've created R what they've discovered with R is that transmuting some of Mewtwo's DNA into a chemical will actually cause Pokemon that can't handle the um the genes of Mewtwo, mm. it will send them rabid and rampant. Yeah. And so they've used this DNA, made this serum, put it into vials, and they've been testing it at the uh, testing it at the round ring. And that's how this this R serum has gone into circulation. So um at this point Mewtwo is set up to be the person uh the, well the person the Pokemon who killed Tim's father. Um the Pokemon that is pretty much responsible for being the source of the serum um and the overall utter importance of several people like Mm. it's it tim needs mewtwo uh god i've done it again clifford 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 needs mewtwo (laughs) both both uh it's called cliffy you might remember him (laughs) Both uh, the dad Clifford and the son Clifford, mm. they both need Mewtwo. Their whole project needs Mewtwo. Mewtwo is very important, but Mewtwo is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um. So after that, we're cut to a short scene where uh, Clifford's son is headed towards the laboratory, and he's he's going to get him. He knows they're there. He knows through the, there. Security, through the cameras. security cameras, and he's driving there. We know these guys are going to be in trouble sooner or later and uh, after that they uh, Tim and Pikachu walk out looking for Lucy and uh, they're sort of looking around they can see that the cages have been opened they know something's up the cages were opened by uh, Clifford's son yeah yeah remotely by yeah. the way yeah and uh, they're looking around you notice some drool and Pikachu noticed that wasn't there before he looks up Get someone his hat. <laughs> yeah, not his hat. Um, <laughs> look, looks up and uh, there she is, wrapped up in a Greninja's tongue, and they're all just like on the roof, and they all jump down. And uh, what did Pikachu do to Greninja again? I okay, now. okay. So um, they're all on, they're all sitting on the roof. Um, a Greninja with his tongue free obviously tries to snatch one of them, and Pikachu yells the fire alarm. Oh, that's right. That's the and fire Tim, alarm. Yeah. Tim pulls the fire alarm, and it spooks. Spooks the rest of them out. They drop Lucy and they make you get away through the Torterra, uh, Torterra mm. Garden. Yeah, and this is funny too because they mentioned like, oh, those Torterra aren't aren't that big. Because yeah. like the, you know the two of them in the in the like tent, the captivity there. You know they're just normal sized Torterra. Yeah, and uh, this sets up like one of the biggest biggest like magical CGI mo- uh, moments of the mm. entire movie. Yeah, and like I, I remembered like the earthquake scene from the trailers and. As they're running through there, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is where the this is where the big Torterra are," and uh, lo and behold, it is. Yeah. And like uh, after a bit of a sort of back and forth, back and forth running. Yeah. And uh, Psyduck manages to keep the keep them off them with their yeah his uh, splitting headache, which mm. causes a massive psychic shockwave, which wakes up the Torterra. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then it goes goes through the section there where you know they're trying to survive the big earthquake, pretty much of the yeah. t- tall terrace standing up. And it gets to the point where they get a camera view of them. Yeah, and you can see the head. Yeah, and, like Torterra has always been one of my favorite Pokemon. Yeah, and seeing it like it's probably one of the most perfect Pokemon for this type of movie. Yeah, where you can see like their back is like in you know, a real terrain. Yeah, I thought it was really cool how they uh, did it with like. I thought it was going to be like one Torterra getting up, which is a mountain, but they have like six of them all like together, yeah. and they all get up and they're all like separate. Yeah, and, and they're huge. They're the size of islands. Yeah, like they're massive. They're like. Four, three or four to Terra covers an entire mountain range. Mm. They're massive, you know. Um, one thing to point out is that uh, that I did miss is that the Greninja and the Torterra were being worked on genetically. Yeah, which is why the Torterra are these are this massive mm. because they wanted to find a way to increase the size of the Torterra. Probably it doesn't really explain why, but presumably because they want a portable land continent where they can put a laboratory on and sort of move it. Yes, yeah, so, sort of make it like a Xenoblade. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> Chronicles, <laughs> so, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's why the Greninja are after him as well because they're sort of you know it would have it would have been really weird having like a huge Turtwig to start off with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just a huge Turtwig. It's just like this big dopey looking sort of dinosaur. So. <laughs> How do you train it to make a... Vo- it's like, you know, you're there trying to train this little turtle to get to level 36. You're looking up, you're like, all right, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get them to battle each other or something. But yeah. obviously, the Torterra aren't, hurt, aren't out to hurt anyone, but they just they just need to shift around and like get over what just happened. Well, you know, you have a big sonic boom on your back. Oh, shit, what's that? And you get yeah, up exactly. You what's that fly? Sort of, you sort of stretch, oh, it's nothing, and then you sit down again. Yeah, and that's pretty much what one of the biggest action scenes of the movie was. Just oh, yeah, shit, just oh. a Torterra standing up and down. <laughs> yeah. But like, it was it was really nuts. Um, like how much happened in that scene? Just them trying to stop from, uh, stop from falling off these Torterra or being separated and stuff like that because they were all huge mm. masses of land. <laughs> this is one. This is one of the sections where my disbelief was stretched. Just like how how many rocks and huge boulders were just going everywhere yeah. and not not one of them like got like smacked off yeah just like absolutely killed like Pikachu like this is the scene where Pikachu gets hurt, hurt real bad and he gets hit in the head by like you know just a, a rock which would you know if this was real life it would kill you yeah and he gets hit in the head and you know he's like he's like oh you know I don't feel so good and whatever but when they're falling in the water and like there's like huge boulders probably 10 times the size of them falling beside them they didn't get hit by one little pebble or anything no no apparently not not a scratch they just got wet that's all they got when they <laughs> fell in the river yep but Pikachu just like he just hit <laughs> there's like a big landslide and there's Pikachu just go oh and that's, that's him gone that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> just this one rock yeah he gets <laughs> smacked and he doesn't know if he's gonna make it and Tim's getting real upset mm. and a Bulbasaur approaches them and the Bulbasaur sort of just goes, eh? And he's just like, I need help, please. I need to heal a Pokemon sort of thing. Mm. And she's like, well, he can't understand you. He's like, but he knows how I feel. Mm. And so, obviously, Bulbasaur trots back. This, uh, oh, Sorry, this did throw back to an earlier section where Pikachu was explaining to Tim that you don't actually have to be able to talk and understand. Yeah. You can, like... Just purvey emotion. You purvey emotion through your actions. Yeah, exactly. And this is what happened here with, obviously, of how upset he was that... He's a Pikachu was flung by a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Bulbasaur walks off and comes back with a whole herd of Bulbasaur. Mm. And it's very, very, very cute. Yeah. I like how the Bulbasaur as well, they don't go, they're not like Bulba, Bulba, Bulbasaur. No, like, it's just, they're just like making little like noises, like, you know, a yeah. bunch of little 
bulb animals would in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's important to note that some Pokemon say their names in this movie, but a lot of them do not. Mm. Which is good because that's an anime trope that really, really does drone on. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Well, obviously, like, Pikachu has the same voice he does from the anime. Yeah. Um, I think for some, some Pokemon, it, it suits in their natural habitat to be, like, just, like, making noises. Like, you know, if you went to a jungle, you just hear, like, and birds and that. Yeah. It is a similar situation to that where you're just hearing, like, the bulbs or make sounds or whatever. Yeah. But when you're in the city and you have, like, a Pokemon battle and, like, and Gengar's there, you don't expect, like, a... From a Gengar. Yeah. You expect, like, Gengar, like... The actual yeah. sound he makes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I thought it was quite quite well done for that too. Yeah. Um. So Lucy Lucy suggests that she goes to the car while uh, Tim goes with the Bulbasaur. They go for a walk and they follow the Bulbasaur where you get like a very pretty scene where a lot of Moralol, which if you've never caught up with the Pokemon series and its evolutions, Moralol is like a tiny little mushroom Pokemon that can mm. float. Yeah, they're cool. Um, And they're very they're very proficient when it comes to um, sleep-inducing and nightmares based around that. Um, that's what they do. They're sort of, sort of like a psychedelic drug of Pokemon that you don't have to eat. They literally just do it because that's part of what they do. Um, so they're following the Bulbasaur and the Moralol up to a podium where uh, Tim rests Pikachu down and the Moralol and Bulbasaur go away. And he's like, wait... You told me to sit him here. Why aren't you healing my Pikachu? Sort of thing. Um, and it turns out that this is where Mewtwo was hiding. Yeah. And this is a scene as well. Like, if you're a, if you're a fan of the anime back in the first season, uh, you, you think back to the episode of the Bulbasaur forest where um, it's basically like a big forest where Bulbasaur go to evolve. Yeah. And uh, they, they basically got, like, the king Venusaur there sort of like as their king and they're evolving into Ivazor and Venusaur. And you expect I expected there to be like a big Venusaur when yeah. they got there and then and that's where Mewtwo appears and uh you see them he- heal them and he, he he comes across as the bad guy from what he's saying. Yeah um, he says he says something along the lines of you did what I asked you bring the boy. Yeah you're like oh my god is Pikachu like Is yeah is he a like, bad guy? Is is he the bad guy? Is he like the minion of um Mewtwo before he like lost his memory. Yeah, because Mewtwo tries to transpire his um his uh his memory upon uh Tim and it sort of suggests with what he can get out that uh Mewtwo thinks humans are evil. Mm. And he doesn't get to finish before he's interrupted by uh young Clifford. I'm just gonna, <laughs> like I can't refer to him by first name because it's just too hard to remember which one is which. So I'm just going to say young or old. Yeah, that's probably easy. Yeah, um, young young Clifford um, interrupts Mewtwo and captures him with a device that he's made specifically to capture Mewtwo and transport it, transport him back into a van. Um, so at this point, at this point, Pikachu is questioning his morality on this side of thing whether he actually did betray. Tim's dad or whether he'll do it again to Tim he'll do it again to Tim yeah and Tim says you're not that's obviously not who you are you're a different person than that if that is the truth you're a different rat you're a different kind of rat now <laughs> you're a fully grown rat you're not you're not rat in the hat you're a uh, the one from Ninja Turtles the wise one that's what you are the rat in a robe on uh, <laughs> Splinter no not Splinter that's the bad guy no, no it's not that's 
Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Shredder. Shredder. Yeah. yeah, Splinter. No, Splinter's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, no, you're right. Sorry, it's a big rat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a big rat. <laughs> uh, so Pikachu leaves, and because he's questioning his morality stake, and he doesn't want to hurt Tim. And um, Tim and Lucy, uh, Lucy meets back up with them after all the hamuffin, mm-hmm. and um, muffins. and says, "Is he okay?" He's like, "He's fine," but we need to go and see Clifford. So they old Clifford. So they go back and see old Clifford uh, and Pikachu's. Doing his thing, yeah. He, he's a uh, he's got his moment where he 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 self discovers himself. He finds out what the true him is, yeah. what really happened. Not after, not until. Well, yeah, you know, before that, he does sing a very sad rendition oh, of this, the original anime theme. Yeah, this this was great. Yeah, it's like I wanna be the very best. Like no one yeah, he's just like walking along, walking along uh, a path and singing this song. But what he what he realizes mid 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 chorus mm. is that he's actually on the bridge where the accident happened. So it wasn't far away from the research facility, as we found out at the start of the movie. Anyway, um, he must have been walking back to the city on his own. Pretty good pace, though. Pretty good pace in that Pikachu. Yeah, pretty good pace. Because that, like, it's a fair walk. Because you know how he was saying earlier, every step's like a thousand steps for him. Not literally, of course, but yeah. be a lot of steps for Pikachu with his, his tiny, tiny legs. His non-existent legs. Yeah, exactly. Just his feet and his bum, pretty much. It's like having like shoes attached to your bum and you're trying to walk on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're trying to walk with your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so he he uh, then he has a bit of a existential thought. And he can see what happened in his head. What exactly happened in his head just by visiting the scene. And he sees that it wasn't actually Mewtwo that blew the car off the bridge. It was Greninja. It was Greninja. It was the herd of Greninja or one of them. Or... Yeah, no, it was it was the herd of them chasing after him. But Mewtwo tried to stop the Greninja before um, they could blow up the car. Because... Um, Something has sort of happened here that gets explained later on, but it turns out that it wasn't Mewtwo, it was actually the Greninja, and that he was actually stopped by um, the younger Clifford. Well, yeah. Young, young Cliffy. The young Cliffy. Um, Little Cliff. So, Detective Pikachu, in his righteous glory, is like, I have to find Tim. Cuts back to Tim, and he's back at old Clifford's office. Yeah, and th- this is like quite the plot twist as well because it sets it up as in like, oh, uh, you know, these these guys are probably going to be bad. Then it's like, oh, this guy's probably going to be bad. Then you you think like the old guy's going to be yeah. obviously the good one and the young one. I didn't one hundred percent believe that he was going to be the good one the whole time, but no. I didn't think he wasn't. I didn't think he was going to be the bad one by himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, that he <laughs> is the bad guy. <gasps> Right. Cliffy, old, old Cliffy, old Cliffy, who's been <laughs> confined to a wheelchair this entire time, and he's always talking about this message about between peaceful Pokemon, peace, peace between uh, human and Pokemon, and stuff like that. But it turns out that it was actually him running the research facility. He was blaming it all on his son, and that his actual mission was to find a way to take control of Mewtwo and basically force himself inside him, mm. which is in a very <laughs> non. Non-disgusting sexual way. No, he wanted to control Mewtwo's body so that he could exact a plan. Yeah. Um, he wanted access to those greasy fingers. Yes, exactly. His fucking little nubby fingers. So, mm. after having Mew- after re- 
I'm arriving at the office. Tim's like, what are you doing? Because he's got this big chamber with Mewtwo ready to go. And he exacts his plan. He doses Mewtwo with the R and then uses a mechanism that is attached to his head while he's in a wild state, both to him and Mewtwo's head, so that he can take control of Mewtwo and send his mind into Mewtwo so that he can use Mewtwo yeah. as a... It's just like... Basically at, a body. Yeah. At this point, it's just like, huh, fair enough. Yep. And it's, it's interesting as well seeing the humans sort of like that evolution, like light that comes from Pokemon. Yeah. Sort of seeing them like morph into the Pokemon. Yeah. Well, that, that was pretty cool. And um, I guess the concept of... It, it is a bit fucked up, but like, just like... The We're per- not all the, quite that yet, The personality and the... um. All that of the Pokemon just disappears. Yeah. It's like, ooh. They're just, they're just the host. Yeah. Just a second. The, the, the cat just come in. Actually, what's, just, what's, what's wrong? Just pertaining back to a previous episode, I actually think you do have a ghost dog here somewhere. Really? I felt a towel hit me. Like, I, th- I thought it was Nala. It is. Well, Nala's here. I'm feeling something here. Oh, there she is. She's there. Oh, that's what all right. You, what do you want about the ghost dog? No, remember you told me no. there was like a ghost dog. Oh, well, Ch- Chantel thought there was a ghost dog in here. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I didn't realise Nala was still in here. I thought she went out to Shanta. Yeah, because I felt it. Uh, it was Nala, not the ghost dog. Okay, that's all right then. It's not a ghost dog. Okay, no ghost dog. No ghost dog. So, um, basically, at this at this moment in time, he explains to Tim that he's found a way to unite the soul of a human into a Pokemon body to create a literal... Fusion? Yeah, well, a literal united Pokemon society. So, obviously, a Pokemon with a far more... In- well, far more intelligent, but, like, an intelligent an intelligent working Pokemon society that obviously has the brain of a human, but the abilities of a Pokemon. Yeah. So... It seems a bit rough that he gets Mewtwo and other people get, like... Psyduck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seems a bit rough. So, um, during, during this time, they were setting up a giant parade... Um, which was meant to be like their Pokemon Unity parade with humans. And they were setting up all these floats and stuff like that. Turns out these floats are filled with R. The <gasps> gas that sends Pokemon in a frenzy. Oh, no. Now, what um, what Clifford, old Clifford, has learned through <laughs> the research experiments that happened at the PCL, I believe it was called, which was the laboratory, mm-hmm. um, he had found out that... Uh, Displacing the soul of a Pokemon could make um, could make it possible to have a human soul take its place. So basically, imagine if the soul was there in the center of your body, if you send it up to the like left arm, then you could just put a human soul in the center of the body instead. Yeah. Um, which so, is, yeah, weird. Which is a bit weird, yes. Yeah. But he found out that Mewtwo was capable of this power, um, but he couldn't do it unwillingly. Like the the willing the Pokemon willing has to be willing to do it, mm. um, and it turns out that well, guess what? He's going to do it to the entire city. So he needs the he needs the floats filled with R so that he can gas the entire city's Pokemon, and then rampage the city using Mewtwo's psychic powers to do that exact plan, turn everybody into Pokemon. So it turns out that he was the main bad guy all along. Dun 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 dun. So they'd been chasing the wrong Cliffy all along. Mm. Um, <laughs> this was a great scene in the was a bit later, or was this a this is the scene in the office with the uh, the bit of the, the scrabble that goes on? Yes. Uh, after 
Pikachu arrives. Yeah, that's right. So Detective Pikachu arrives back in the city and he's seeing all these these people being turned into Pokemon, essentially. It's like, it, it was a, it was basically the essentiality of a human going into a Pokeball, except it was a human going into a Pokemon. They turn into a ray of light and go... Yeah, just... Into their partner Pokemon. Yeah. And th- this was the point, too. When, when Pikachu rocked up and, like, he wasn't being affected by it, that's when it clicked for me. What was... Yeah, you're like, oh shit, going on for the end there. Yeah. So I, you know, I wasn't thinking about. It. I was, I was, I was in for the ride, but yep. just when I was thinking about that, like, yeah, what was, what was, Pik- was anything going to go into Pikachu's? Oh, yeah, like, something's already in there. Something's already there, and that's why I can talk. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. sort of thing. Um, but yeah, they had a bit of a scrabble in the office. Uh, while uh, Mewtwo was out transforming people, uh, Tim had heard a knock on the door and it turns out that old Cliffy old Cliffy had locked young Cliffy in the closet yeah, all yeah. tied up and bound so that uh, he could send um, something that appeared very slightly <laughs> at, at the be- near the beginning of the movie that was not really noticeable they had they they I wouldn't say they hit it very well but they made it very much um, a non-important plot point in that, that there was ditto hmm um, and this ditto was transforming into people and guising as them. So it turns out that young Cliffy that recaptured Mewtwo was actually not young Cliffy. It was... Ditto. Old Cliffy's ditto. Yeah. And the the ditto was so well done. Yeah. For anyone that knows uh, like ditto, the ditto episode from season one of the Pokemon anime, how... Uh, it has the dopey eyes at all yeah. times. This, this particular ditto who was owned by um, a girl in this episode... Couldn't he could do the transformation, but it, can't, it couldn't figure out the eyes. The eyes were always just the two black pupils. Yes, and uh, that 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 was basically the Easter egg for this ditto. How it trans she took the, basically the girl who took off the glasses. She had just had like the black pupils and nothing else. Yep, and it just looked so weird. <laughs> so it, it turned out that every single, pretty much every single person on camera that had sunglasses on during the movie is probably that ditto um because obviously it was trying to hide its face yeah it knew to hide its face because it, that's what gave it away even back at that uh, scene when they were like uh, they're recording that episode on the uh, the video camera how like um the ditto just tr- transforms into one of the uh, the the assistants on set and rolls, just like, yeah and just like wheels it off that was the the first section where we we uh, see ditto yeah it was really really funny just like what yeah, one of those moments. Yes, it was, it was literally a two-second moment. You didn't think much of it. No, yeah, you know, you didn't think much of it, and then it turns around, and it turns out that Ditto was actually really important to the rest of the context Huge of the movie. Plot point because it represented like three characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it was like a big, a big twist turnaround. It was probably the biggest twist turnaround in the movie. Um, mm, yeah, old old Cliffy being a bad guy, like it didn't feel like he was the bad guy, but it was certainly on the cards. But that Ditto. Didn't really seem that important, and then it was—it just was. It was important immediately, mm. and it turns out that it was um, the Ditto was also the person acting in as the spy that was following a, following them around all the time. Yeah, yeah. The one that took them in the car to Cliffy's office. Turns out it was a Ditto <laughs> driving a car the whole time. Yeah. Yes, a Ditto driving a car the whole time. It was a Ditto, um, and they have a bit of a bit of a, two, a dual fight scene going on here. They've got. Uh, Pikachu versus Cliff Two, C- Cliffy, Cl- old Cliffy Mewtwo, old Cliffy Mewtwo. We'll call him Cliff Two, <laughs> Cliff Two, um, old Cliffy Two, who who's running around, you know, turning people into Pokemon, and um, 
Pikachu's trying to stop him, obviously. And then you have Tim versus the Ditto, and the Ditto's transforming into all these different people, uh, and all these different Pokemon that he's experienced during his adventure. So obviously there's something special about this Ditto. Um, and uh, who was it? Young, Well, young Cliffy breaks free, and he's trying to help Tim fight this Ditto at the same time. And obviously there's a bit of a scuffle going on in these two these two separate fight scenes. Yeah. Um, Pikachu's making his way on the poker floats. Ha ha. Yeah, that's cool. That's Smash cool. Bros. Yeah. Reference right there. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, he's having a tussle with the poker float on the poker floats and he's fighting Mewtwo like very gingerly then because he's still not really in tuned with his powers mm. yet. I, I do like how this is where we start to get to see his powers yeah. a bit more and he's sort of... Uh, and Pikachu's doing more of a Pokemon presence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where he's actually like, all right, this is a this is battling now. Yep. Um it's it's really cool like seeing him use his like especially like a bit later, obviously, in the scene where he uses his vault tackle and that. Yeah. That was really cool to see. Yep. And because uh, earlier at the round room, um he was read out he, he was basically read out his attacks by uh Tim. Mm. Because Tim um Tim knows a lot about Pokemon. Yeah. But he obviously Hides it. Hides it. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he knows what's going, he, he's no, he knows what moves he has available to him. He's never really used any at this yeah. point. Telling him like Volt Tackle is your best option. Yeah. Even yeah. though you'll get recoil damage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but he's never really been able to bring him out at this point. And that was, you know, that was a big plot point in the trailer as well. Uh, back when he was versing Charizard. It was in the trailer as well that he couldn't use his powers. We all know this. It's been, yeah, it's been it's been <laughs> readily av- available information known since the trailers. So yeah, I didn't talk about it, but there it is. There it is. Yeah, you know that he can't use use Pikachu's electric moves, but he can at this point. So um, I dare say that's because you know he's remembered things, and because of that, he uses remembered how to use his attacks as well. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's the basic premise of it. Yeah, because yeah, exactly because it's just yeah. So you should have. It would, would have been cool if he gave the Charizard a shock earlier. Come on, Pikachu! Should have got your stuff together <laughs> earlier. Um, God damn it, Pikachu! It's it's really cool too. Like the section where he, he jumps on the back of Pidgeot and he's thro- uh, flying through the skies and that, avoiding the attacks. And he's saying like, you know, don't breathe in the gas. Yeah. Well, the, the, even before that, where he's like, you know, left flank, and he's like telling the Pidgeot where to move to avoid Mewtwo's shadow balls and everything. Yeah. So yeah, and as you said, don't breathe in the gas. That's like. You, you breathed in the gas, didn't you? But it just starts going berserk and smashing yeah. against the, the building, trying to get him off and throws him onto the satellite dishes. And Yeah. And then Pikachu lands safely on a building. And while he's landing safely on that building, Tim and young Cliffy are still having this tussle with the Ditto, who's transforming into all sorts of range of crazy Pokemon. So from Lickitung to Cubone to Buffalant to, you know, whatever <laughs> else you can think of. him, a champ... And they've all got beady eyes. <laughs> all terrifying. He transformed into Lucy at one point. Yep. And he's, he's just like, oh, that's cheating. Don't turn into a girl I'm semi-attracted to. Yeah, don't turn, that I'm semi-attracted to. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do like like um, they're fighting. Machamp gives him a big punch in the guts. He, he sort of pushes him out the window. He's holding on for dear life. And he, then the Ditto transforms into a Cubone. Yeah. I love how it goes back to the start where it's just like, it's basically him just like, Give him little little tiny taps on the knuckles with his <laughs> bone, trying to make him let go and all that. I thought that was really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it it just seems like this Ditto is transforming into anything that Tim has seen before, which is probably what is special about this Ditto. 
Mm. Because um, at this point, uh, young Cliffy mentions that this ditto was an experiment that his father was working on and that it was special in some way. So obviously it can manipulate itself to look like something that um, Tim has seen before. Yeah. Which is why it's morphing into humans as well and all the Pokemon that he's seen up until this point. Yeah. And can drive cars. And can drive cars. Very <laughs> special ditto. Very genetically modified to drive cars. You know what? I would have loved to see a, um, a transform into that Ludicolo. Yeah, it would have been great. So that Ludicolo just with like dead eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so um, at this point, um, Pikachu realized what he has to do. He has to, he has to fault tackle this Mewtwo so he can't get away with his uh, little blasty boy attack. And uh, he does send him flying into the building a couple floors under where Tim and uh, young Cliffy are having their bout with Ditto. <laughs> young Cliffy. Oh, I love it, dude. <laughs> um, and, I mean, this distracts the Ditto. I'm pretty sure that... Does Tim get pulled up by Cliff? Yeah. Yeah, Tim gets pulled up by Cliff. Because Cliffy, like, smacks, him, smacks the Ditto off. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Smacks, he- smacks the Ditto off. Um. After after he gasses him with an, uh, with the R, actually. He gasses him with the R and he goes berserk. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then he kicks him out the window <laughs> as <Yeah>. a Cubone. <laughs> I love how he comes back, too. Like, he, like young Cliffy pulls Tim back up and the, the ditto comes flying as a bravery, then quickly transforms into a buffalo. No, a buffalant. Buffalant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, com- comes back in and just, like, goes berserk that way. I love how he just, like, comes back in as a different Pokemon and c- quickly transforms again. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because obviously if you're a ditto, why not? You just... Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to just die as a Cubone <laughs> falling. And then, ev- and then eventually, after being gassed by this R, uh, this ditto berserkingly transforms and can't stop and eventually exhausts himself to the point where he can't transform anymore and he just becomes a puddle on the puddle on the floor. Yeah. He's exhausted himself out. He can't fight anymore. Yeah. It's funny too, because like I always imagined Ditto as like chewing gum. Yep. But in this, he was just like disgusting, like clear. He was, yeah. Like a blob. It was like putty. Like yeah. clear putty. What, what was that? What's that movie? Uh, what was that movie? The Blob? Flubber. Flubber, yeah. Remind me of Flubber. Yeah, it's pretty much Flubber. <laughs> flubber with eyes. <laughs> yeah. Pink Flubber with eyes. A bit more texture too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not just green. And at this point... Uh, Cliffy too is uh, very pissed off with Pikachu for <laughs> hurting his poor little nog yeah, by yeah. smacking him into a building. And uh, Pikachu says, uh, "I wasn't trying to fight." Uh, well, he grabs Pikachu and says, um, "You can't beat me. I'm the strongest Pokemon in, in existence." And Pikachu says, "I wasn't trying to beat you." And Cliffy smacks off the helmet off off of uh, uh, sorry Tim, Tim yeah smacks the helmet off of Cliffy. Oh, Cliffy. Old Cliffy. Yeah. And that's the end of it. He's no longer in control of Mewtwo anymore. So, why the frig Cliff, Cliffy 2 left Tim to just be there while his dead, his, his lifeless body with well, the helmet on? Yeah, yeah, well, he expected the Ditto to take care of it. Yeah, but and, it didn't. But it didn't, yeah. Yeah. And, like, this section where Pikachu's falling and, like, Mewtwo obviously regains consciousness and comes back and uses his psychic powers to slowly bring Pikachu down to the ground again and you know Pikachu doesn't die by falling to the ground so yeah so yeah good. exactly so um yeah I, I guess that's where um Cliffy 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 gets defeated um and you know young Cliffy's all happy that he's finally ended his father's stupid reign of terror uh and 
um Mewtwo Pikachu and Tim meet up and Mewtwo says I'll fix this first and he uh basically just undoes everything that Cliffy did in pretty much one blast one consecutive blast which is something that Cliffy just couldn't do when he was acting in as Mewtwo he couldn't just do them do the whole city at once but Mewtwo did he undid them all uh undid them all which sort of pervades that, like, even if even if you are controlling a Pokemon, doesn't mean you sort of can't inherit their abilities. You don't have access to their power because you don't have the knowledge of how to use it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and that was ultimately his downfall: is that he couldn't um, utilize Mewtwo to its capabilities, yeah. and that it wasn't strong. He wasn't strong enough to, yeah, control it. Yeah. Control it fully. Yeah. Um, and then we get a little bit of a scene. Where um, Pikachu? Well, yeah. well, we get the scene where all the humors are coming out of the, that's right too out yeah. of out of out of the Pokemon. We're seeing it all happen, and the whole time we're sort of like, oh yeah, yep, this is happening. We're seeing Lucy come out of Psyduck again, and the characters return to normal. Yep, and the city sort of return to peace. Like you're seeing all the the fog just instantly like fade away, and the balloons pop and everything. And as Mewtwo's doing his magic, yep, and uh, we're sort of like this. The camera goes back to Pikachu, and we're like, all right. No, we know where this is going now um, but it hasn't happened yet we're like alright we're waiting yeah. and uh, Mewtwo comes back and says oh there's one more I need to um, one more I need to take care of I need to take care of we're like oh yeah who's that uh, I wonder <laughs> and this is where Mewtwo sort of finishes off the vision he was trying to show to Tim earlier mm. and that is that um, Mewtwo had not just said humans are evil he had actually said humans are evil but your compassion towards them shows me that there are good ones in this world. And then he said, I will save this human because it it turns out that um, Pikachu had actually, which we didn't really explain earlier, but Pikachu had mm. released Mewtwo. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was under Tim's dad's orders and he had shown, he had said that his compassion has shown him that humans can be good. And then he saved Tim's he saved Tim's dad's life by putting his soul into Pikachu. And this is why Pikachu talks yeah. to Tim. But like Harker, I still don't know why thinking about it more, I don't know why Tim can understand Pikachu, obviously because his dad's in there, but why can't anyone else understand him? What makes it special that Tim can hear hear his dad? I think it has to do with the R. It does, you reckon? I think so. Yeah, Tim said it at the start of the movie, and I think like, I think that's kind of more more or less the point of it is that the R had an effect on him, um, mm. and sort of heightened his senses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Mm. Well, I mean, if if that's what it does to a Pokemon, then it's, it's probably what it does to him too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. He, he got a good old sniff of it, and he was able to hear Pikachu. So, you know, what? that's probably what happened. Mm. Um, and. Yeah, so it turns out that all along it was Tim and his dad together on an adventure trying to figure out where his dad went. Turns out he was there all along. Yeah. <laughs> perfect perfect little children's story sort of thing. Yeah, know? yeah. No, it's, it, it was quite sweet, really, how it came around in the end. Yeah, it did, yeah. Like, oh, you know, he's like Tim the whole time has resented his dad for not being there. Yeah. And, you know, he went through this bonding session with this uh, this Pikachu who did turn out in the end to be the man who he sort of desired to be with him the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He never really had that much interaction with his dad because, like we said earlier on, he lived with his grandmother after his mother died. 
his dad got self-absorbed into his work, into his work, and he wanted his son to live with him, but he didn't want to, mm. and he felt guilty about that. Yeah, um, he regretted it, and he regretted it. He regretted he never knew his father, sort of thing. And it's it's sort of come around that he learned he he learned a lot about his father just by, you know, finding out what he enjoys doing in his work, and how much that sort of pervades onto him and. Yeah, it turns out to be really sweet. And we cut to the next scene, which is the final scene of the movie. Mm, mm, this is and nice. Tim's getting ready to go home. Camera camera turns to Tim and Tim's getting ready to go home. He's about to get on the plane. And somebody says, hey, kid, turns around. His dad is there with Pikachu. And the dad is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, which, which is really awesome to see. Like, it's just yeah. like, oh, cool. So, because th- there was a bit there where, oh, oh surely they're going to use Ryan Reynolds, like, and not like a different actor or something, you know, just just for the fact that, you know, the the, the main protagonist is black and also the mum is black as well. Yeah. Like, are they going to try and fit that, yeah. like, fit the same theme? Or yeah, gonna... it was just a mixed race family. Yeah. At the end of the day, you yeah. know, which was sort of like, you know, you didn't think about it much at first, especially... Um, I was just thinking about it at that end scene, like just before you see, saw him, like, oh, that, oh surely Ryan Reynolds is going to pop up in this. Yeah. Being like, you know, the main name for the movie well especially in a, in and at the time like when you haven't gotten to that point of the movie and find out that it was actually Tim's dad you wouldn't have thought too much about no Ryan Reynolds being his dad so it sort of just turned up that that was actually the fact and yeah he turns mm. up um this is this is the scene of the movie where I teared up a bit too at the end like yeah because like you can see the emotion in like uh the the dad's eyes that he really wants him to stay he yeah. doesn't want him to go through everything that you've learned about, you know, the dad really does care about Tim. Yeah, he and, does, absolutely. And yeah. in the end, Tim really wants that love and compassion from his father, which he missed out on the last, you know, 11 years of his life growing up. Yep. And uh, we see, you know, there, there, he's about to go, he's leaving, and he's, you know, he turns around, says, you know, what, dad? Um, can, can I come live with you for a bit? Yeah. And, you know, his dad just goes, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Like, you can see, like, sort of, like, his eyes going glassy. And yeah. you can see, like, it's a, it's, a real, it's a real nice moment after everything that's happened. On top of, like, the the sort of adventure we've gone on. You know, with this movie, you go through sort of a... It's a bonding session. Yeah, you, it's a bonding session between two people as well as, like, a, you know, like a nostalgia trip for, you know, Pokemon fans as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And the last line of the movie is, want to go get coffee? He's like, oh, yeah. And he said, but yeah, for some reason, I really feel like coffee. Because <laughs> Pikachu drank a lot of coffee. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got the shakes. What's this goddamn Pikachu done to me? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but you can just imagine that. And when they're, when uh, like he's, he's walking off into the camera at the final bit of the movie, uh, Tim's saying he would like to do some detective work, and the Pikachu's like, Pikachu! Like, and the dad's like, yeah, yeah, he would like that a lot. And I thought that was really sweet, Hal, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I guess Tim and the Pikachu don't know each other. No. No, because, not really. I mean, yeah. I, they probably do to some degree. I, I can't imagine Pikachu's soul was absent for the entire thing, but he probably saw saw the whole thing through his own eyes. Yeah. Just as much as Tim's dad did while he was inside Pikachu. Mm. And, you know, overall, it, it uh, ends very sweetly and we get a very nice... Uh, credit sequence that's got like a lot of the cast drawn in as like the game art style um which is awesome 
you could use oh, like a lot of them the, for the credits yeah, yeah. When, like the music started up like the more traditional Pokemon music as well as like the animations you might see from like the the old older games the manga that type of thing yeah you've seen these characters drawn in that art style yeah I was like oh this is awesome and like that was that was one of the that was one of like the biggest hype moments of the actual movie. I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it looks it looks wicked, sounds wicked. Everything about it is nostalgic, and mm. you know. Um, but I guess my final f- thoughts on the movie throughout the entire thing is that we didn't go into much attention to detail when it comes to obvious things that a lot of people would be asking, like a Pokemon done accurately and all that stuff. And I- I'd like to say that. I don't think any of the Pokemon were done badly at all. I think they're all done very well. Mm. I think the story from start to end was um, a real touching bonding story, um, even though if you <laughs> you didn't find out much of it till the end of it. Um, and it maybe ended a little bit abruptly. I feel like there was still more that needed to be sort of, yeah, you know, alluded on, I guess. You know, Lucy got her big break and we all know that and stuff that happened at the end of the movie. Um, but... Uh, ooh, whoops. <laughs> um, I think just overall, like, it was a very heartwarming sort of story, and I feel like it did pay a lot of um tribute to the fans of Pokemon who really cared about the series in terms of how they portrayed things hmm. and made it into a real. It was a real Pokemon esque story. Yeah, it was definitely a Pokemon story because Pokemon's all about you know teamwork, working together, helping one another, mm-hmm. being there for each other, and that's what the themes of this movie heavily touches on. Yeah, no matter how many little uh, adult-based jokes they sprinkle mm. through it, and uh, you know, yeah, and like all all good movies sort of have that sort of extra layering in there as well. Yeah, that like both people can enjoy it. Um, yeah, I I pretty much share the same opinion as you. Really loved it absolutely really loved it and walking away I want to watch it again and yes so do I I really want uh, like more movies like this in the Pokemon universe I would love to see just like uh, sort of this universe this side of things really fleshed out yeah for sure so you've got this section which is Rhyme City where this happened but I would love to see like them move into more traditional Pokemon stuff maybe do like you know go to Kanto or probably not even Kanto I would like to see like a Maybe maybe more more of a new region where they can sort of flesh out some newer Pokemon as well. Yeah, like have more of this diversity in there, which we were talking about earlier. I'm hoping this movie does set up a lot of uh, precedent for future uh, Nintendo projects, mm. um, because in my opinion, this movie was a really good start. To, I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole. Smash Brothers cinematic universe <laughs> thing that was floating around Twitter or anything like that. I, I was actually going to say that, like, yeah, this this type of thing makes me go, shit, that could probably work if, like, yeah. if the right directors and actors and everything are put in place, are put yeah. in place, like, you know, Nintendo, Nintendo's got such rich um, history and an IP that it'd be so cool to see, like, I don't know, but. Even just sticking to Pokemon, do the Pokemon cinematic universe. It could be so cool. Well, I mean, with with uh, movies like Mario and all that sort of coming up by Mario by Illumination and all that, then up and coming movies in the next couple of years. And I'd love to see like a Zelda production of some kind. That would be really cool if they do it right, mind you. I don't really want them to tarnish mm. tarnish what 
because the problem with the 90s and early 2000s is they really did that. They tarnished video game names in movies yeah. a lot. Especially, like, with Detective Pikachu, it could have easily gone wrong. It could have, yeah. Like, but I thought it was far from wrong. Yeah. Like, if, say, if they didn't get Ryan Reynolds... I feel like having Ryan Reynolds really uh, establish the fact, like, no, this isn't a cash grab. This isn't a just a whatever movie. This is a big-name actor behind it as, you know, the main character. And he did a lot of promotion for it, yeah. too. And that he must have loved doing the hell out of this yeah. movie. And it legitimised the movie in a lot of people's eyes. Like, this isn't just, like, you know, another Pokemon movie. This yeah. is something different. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you're wondering why they didn't cast Danny DeVito instead. Well, there's your answer. They, they yeah. really wanted to... They really wanted to make this movie a big... Um, production with a smiling face that everybody knows and who can play a cheeky character extremely well mm-hmm. and they did a really good job of picking Cause, that because all, all you need to say really is oh, there's this Detective Pikachu movie coming out and people will go okay Detective Pikachu but if you say oh Pikachu is you know voiced and acted by Ryan Reynolds yeah it just speaks for itself well yeah essentially it's like oh is he going to be saying fuck a lot in this from his last movie Deadpool's like, ah no, not so much. No, no, no. not no. so much. And, and I mean, <laughs> I mentioned this to you when we come out of the movies, but could you imagine if they actually did cast Danny DeVito and then at the end of the movie, they had Justice Smith standing there getting ready to go on the train and then you hear, hey kid, and you turn around and it's Danny DeVito and Danny DeVito is his father. Yeah. It'd be kind of weird. It's like, what, what was his mum thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no disrespect, Danny DeVito. I think you're great. But like, it, it's, yeah. it's just like... I think I think for the context of the movie, Ryan Reynolds was just a much better pick in the end. Mm. Like I can understand people's wants for uh, Danny DeVito, defective Detective Pikachu, Detective Pikachu. Defective Pikachu. <laughs> I guess that's what we we'll call it, um, <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Um, because I mean that's kind of akin to what he sounds like in the games. I guess it's like a Danny DeVito type of gruff. Um, he's a bit. He's more of a, like a. Gr- gruff detective type yeah exactly yeah but in the context of this movie he was not a gruff detective type he was a he was very he he was a thorough investigator that had a light heart and um liked to crack a joke Mm. and i think that was good for the tone of the movie um because it needed that sometimes you know sometimes it was like all people getting angry and (laughs) noir vibes and stuff like that like it was like very yeah like for for this type of setting um having a pokemon movie which is just like serious about detective work it wouldn't be all that entertaining no i don't think so it's no. like it'd be like a because even like you know stuff like james bond and that has like a bit of a cheeky tone like in certain scenes so obviously yeah you, you need it in this so but you, you still could have had that with like a more dane devito type character but yeah yeah, I absolutely loved Ryan Reynolds' performance, and even um, like all, all the characters too, like Justice Smith. He did a great job as sort of the kid. How you, how you saw him evolve. Yeah, as a character. Yeah, yeah as a character. I didn't mean the pun there, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you see him like you know he's quite he's quite he's unhappy in his life where where he is. He's a he's had bad events happen in his life, which made him not like Pokemon, and sort of coming through that and coming through the other side and. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah, it really was. enjoyed it. Absolutely fantastic. And I can only hope that going forward with future things like obviously the Mario movie and all that stuff that um it it really um sort of encapsulates something similar to this. I want um like I want to see really great quality out of it and stuff like that and it has to be right. Um 
this it's obviously a big ongoing problem with the Sonic movie at the moment. People have a real issue with it not standing up to the quality that it probably should be out of um, respect for the fans, if anything. Mm. And I think like that was a worry about Detective Pikachu. 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 Sorry, it's like an hour and 40 minutes into this and I'm still sort of... Um, I I think um, that was a real major problem with the initial... um, look at Detective Pikachu and the announcement and people going, oh, oh my God, it's another IRL movie. Yeah. It's going to ruin it. It's going to suck. But I honestly don't think it did suck and I honestly don't think it's ruined. I think it's actually the complete opposite and it was a real, real good step past the stigma that we've had with video game movies for the last nearly two decades. Mm. Maybe more. Ever since the Mario Brothers movie, probably is the first one that really stunk, stunk nuts, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stunk, nuts. stunk nuts. Uh, especially like, especially with the Pokemon IP, like it's one of the biggest video games out there, and it's it's a great example to have like showcase. You know, video games can be like they can make good motion pictures. Yeah, and like obviously the animated movies in the past have been you know good good kids movies. Yeah, but this this is one that might stand out a bit more just for you know its real life presence. I'm hoping so. Like I said, I hope this grows as well in the box office and all that because I would love to see Nintendo IPs done correctly on a big screen. Mm-hmm. And obviously with the travesty that was the Mario Bros movie all the way back when, um, there's a lot of uh, cynicism that'll probably go around happening with a Mario movie come up, even though we know it's animated and it's going to be different to what it was to two Brooklyn plumbers hmm. um, but we need to they they really need to break out of that stigmatism um, of video game movies being bad and I really think Detective Pikachu is a great start to that um, I just hope that with what's happening with Sonic maybe that they've taken this into account now that they've seen they would have seen the you know the directors and all that shit would have seen Detective Pikachu on early access probably you know half a month ago Um so, I'm guessing that, like, that was impartial to their decision of, like, we need to make Sonic more true to what the fans want. And I think that's a really good start, and I hope that they can make that succeed. And it also comes out and becomes a really decent movie. Mm. Um, and I hope that we can break out the, that stigmatism and make video game movies great again, <laughs> I guess. Not to, oh god, yeah. <laughs> don't word it that way, please. No, it's it's hard to word it. He's, he's currently got his red cap on, saying "Make video game movies great again," <laughs> don't you? Oh yes, yes. yes. So, <laughs> god damn it. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I I guess that's just what I want that comes out of this movie because honestly, it was it was a, such an enjoyable experience and um mm. I it it really encapsulated what I love about Pokemon. Mm. Um in terms of like how they're portrayed because it's an awesome world it's it a, is it's an awesome world that needs to be sort of uh, brought to the forefront more often and seeing it but in such beautiful CGI as well yeah like all the Pokemon in the CGI they I mean they obviously did look like CGI there's no question about that yeah yeah yeah. it's really hard to make something that was never real in existence look real like the, the whole time you're not like oh I can't tell the difference between that and the real animal of course yeah. you of course you can of but- course you can you know but 
at the same time, they did it in such a way that they had realistic features, obviously. Like, you know, again, Pokemon were wet. Some were furry. <laughs> yeah, Psyduck, some were scaly. Psyduck's feet, which are just duck feet. Yes, and they exactly. Look, they, they look real, yeah. And they looked... And they didn't look out of character for those characters. They looked like that's what they would look like in real life. Mm. They would have disgusting webbed feet. Marchamp would have veins in his muscles. You know, just stuff like that. Yeah. You would think that, like... That would just make sense. Mm. So, it, it's a really good step forward. It is got like I don't know if you saw this on Facebook and social media like a few years ago, but do you remember like all the sketches of the real life Pokemon? Yes. Well, like that guy was hired by like this movie team to yeah. make like make those, and that was really cool. So I remember just going through like all 151 designs he did of those Pokemon and it was really yeah. cool looking oh, at them there. And Yeah, they were dope. <laughs> they yeah, were great. Translated awesomely to the And I'm glad that he, I'm glad he got hired for this because they do, they like, he was very, um, he was a very dedicated artist dedicated to making realistic looking Pokemon, <laughs> if mm. that makes sense. So it was just sort of like, I'm glad that um, they brought someone on that had that much passion and they were kind of like, what would this Pokemon look like? And they'd pick a Pokemon for any region and they'd be like, here's what it would look like. They go, okay, we'll put that to an animator and we'll work on that and make it look like that. Do mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, he did the 151, the original 151, but yeah. I, I don't know how much he did past that or if he did at all. But, you know, Pokemon like Buffalant, Ludicolo, you know... Um, every, sorry, every time I think of Ludicolo, I just oh. <laughs> he's great, all right. Yeah, I oh know he's great. Uh, the Apom, the uh, Moralol, you know, stuff like that. Stuff that's out of the first generation, which re- really a lot of people, a lot of people who go see this movie that weren't in, weren't invested in Pokemon after the first generation are probably like, oh, who's that Pokemon? I don't know who that Pokemon is. That's not a Tauros. Like, well, maybe it's time you found out. Maybe it's time you went down to your local video game shop and pick up a Pokemon game from the recent generation and play it. Mm. Well, maybe not Sun and Moon. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, Sun and Moon. Why not? I, I think Black Two, White Two is probably the most inclusive gen- uh, inclusive generation with Pokemon from all generations. Oh yes, but yeah, I think Black, Black Two, White, White Two. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably the best one if you're gonna. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right, Bryce, anything else we'd like to say about the movie before we wrap things up? Uh, no, TLDR, good movie. Go watch it. Go watch Honestly, it. Honestly, if, well, if you're listening to this podcast, you've pretty much listened to the length of the entire movie in a podcast form, but told really not in a worthy way. <laughs> you need to go watch the movie because oh, yeah. it, it, it really is great. And for those that did watch the movie, um, I'd love to hear how you thought. Yeah, um, what your thoughts were. Yeah. yeah, what your thoughts were. How you thought about it and you know what what you got from it and would you like to see more nintendo ips adapted if so which ones mm. i think like there's a lot of a lot of stuff that especially especially nowadays nintendo can approach so many more things now that um you know art art's getting more realistic and fleshed out and stuff like that you know we watch, we animation watch, as well like well we watched the old fire emblem special before we talked to spike spencer last yeah. year and that old Fire Emblem special, Marth was known as Mars. You know, that's how old we're going back here, is Marth was known as Mars. Yeah, That's just... quite a long time ago that he's been referred to as Mars. Yeah, when the translators were just like... Uh, what's Marth? Yeah, what's Marth? I was going to name him Mars. Martha? 
Martha. Martha's a good name. I like Martha. Oh, yeah, Martha's a brilliant name. But, you know, like, stuff like that. Even just, like, with the Fire Emblem stuff. Like, having an anime about Fire Emblem. Mm. That would be cool. Yeah. I'd watch that. Well, I don't I don't know if you remember the uh, the marketing material from Black and White 2. The anime. That too. That was so awesome. It was really good. It's amazing. And a live-action Zelda would be good as well if they did it properly. Yeah. I mean, you had that... Or, hey, a CGI Zelda like that... Um, like that old uh, fake oh, Majora's the- Mask trailer from about two years ago. Well, there was the uh, there was the DreamWorks um, cartoon. Did you see that? No. Oh, dr- there was a DreamWorks um, trailer or something like with Zelda, or well, not Zelda, but uh, Link fighting someone. I can I can vaguely. Oh yes, I, I vaguely, remember that. That looks really cool. Just like, it looks really good, but it's quite outdated now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just having something like that sort of you know, really push on would be great. I'd love to see Nintendo video games in more media done correctly, like Detective Pikachu was. It's a really good starting point. And that's what I see from this movie. I don't know, you know, with with critics and stuff like that, I don't know what they see this as, whether it was supposed to be like the penultimate Nintendo movie or something, but I think this is a really good launch pad mm. for, a good, for good, great Nintendo movies and media. Yeah. Well, you can see the difference just in the Metacritic there. IGN's giving it a 80 they yeah. think they think it's great. They're people that are video game people for the most part. They've got their movie department that is separate, so I, I assume they're all versed in video games as well. Yeah. But you've got other places which are just like film orientated who might not be into video games and Pokemon. They're putting it lower because they don't have the attachment to yeah the Pokemon, Pokemon series. No, absolutely. Which yeah. which is a, is a I guess it could be a, a reasonable way of looking at it because a lot of people watching this film might not be into Pokemon, and this is a great way to bring them into the. The fold. Well, like I said, but, the, that's the problem with, um, like, well, it's not a problem for me, but with Pokemon from different generations and stuff, most people think of the one original 151. And a lot of people that haven't grown up with Pokemon, but they played the first one when they were little and they liked it, but they didn't, they, yeah. they never grew up with it. They don't really give a shit though it's past that 151. But we do. We're Pokemon fans. And I thought that all the Pokemon that were in the movie were portrayed great, hmm. you know? And I think that's what's important here is that it stays faithful to the media that it currently is and not just what it was in the past. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yes. I, I might go and watch this movie again. I liked it that much. Yeah. Yeah. No. Or, or, I'll, or I'll definitely be getting it on um, Blu-ray or, you know, whatever. <laughs> if I had the spare time, I would I would definitely go and buy another another ticket and go watch it again. Yeah. I really enjoyed it that much. Mm. And I mean, I, I will buy a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, like because to me, it is the best oh, triumph yeah. in a video game movie in a long time. I want, I want, to, I want to support it. I want to see more of these Pokemon movies. Yes, whether the Pokemon company keeps keeps it rolling or Nintendo jumps on and puts more of their stuff there as well. And I- if the Mario movie is good, I'll buy a copy of that on Blu-ray too. Yeah, you know it, that that's the thing as well is if you're interested and you want to see more stuff from them, go see the movie. You yeah, know, support pay it. For the tickets, yeah. support it. And um, hopefully, you know, we get more like that. Yeah. We'll eventually get that Smash Bros. cinematic universe. Oh, <laughs> bloody, we'll get to Smash Bros. Endgame and we're like, oh no. Uh, Mr. Game and Watch died. Oh no. Beep, 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 <laughs> beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to the House of Mario episode 96. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your podcast service of choice and leave us a fantastic five-star rating on iTunes or whatever other platform allows you to 
do ratings. Right. Yes. As far as I know, iTunes is the place to be. So please rate us on iTunes. We are a part of the hashtag Eight Bit Collective. So if you like to follow us and the other podcasts on the collective as well, go to your social media of choice: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, follow the hashtag there. Foursquare, Yahoo.com, ICQ. Yes. Everything. <laughs> Remember ICQ? And if you'd like to talk to us and our awesome community Just over in our me. Discord, you can uh, go find the invitation in the show notes below. And Bryce, that brings us to the end, my friend. Oh, it's been a good... Uh, it's good quite th- an episode. It's probably the longest episode we'll do in a long time. Mm. Well, episode 100 coming up, baby. Yeah, that's true. They might go for 24 hours. Might be. Oh, a- Jesus Christ. I don't think anybody will listen to that. No, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit it. I'll, if it was 24 hours, I'll edit it down to like half an hour. So that, there's nothing interesting in the rest of that time, guys. Uh, so Nintendo Jukebox this week is by Kids Sun Sons One. Kids Sean Son. What? It's all, it's all one word. I'm trying to figure out what he's actually. Well, I'll tell you what. Turn the laptop to me and I'll tell you. Uh, Kid Sean. Kid Sean's One. Kitchens one, I butchered that one, uh, and it is a you butcher names in general. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, well, anybody that listens to this show knows you butcher's names. Yeah, we got you got to cut you them butch, up. You butcher, not butchers. Shut up, me. <laughs> your butcher's names. Your butcher's names. Your butcher's names. You son of a bitch. All right. All right. So this is a Pokemon dubstep remix. It's uh, Lindsay uh, Sterling and Kewit Hugo. Uh, Kurt. Kewit. Cute. Is that what I said? Cute. <laughs> you said cute. Oh, my brain is dead. And it's a it's a, it's a really cool remix of the Pokemon theme. Cool. Until next week. Au revoir. Arigato sayonara des. Oh, I don't know. <laughs>